Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 45, The Fate of the Furious, Lap 4. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode's brought to you by The Ocean Cleanup. Hmm. Big problems require big solutions. The Ocean Cleanup is a nonprofit organization developing advanced technologies to rid the world's oceans of plastic. By utilizing ocean currents to their advantage... Their passive drift, drifting systems Ooh. are estimated to clean up half the Great Pacific Garbage Patch in five years' time. Do they have any uh, submarines on retainer that they use to clean up the ocean? No, but I imagine that the cleanup thing is just like one giant turbine. Okay, okay, I can see it. Turbo. Sure. sure. That feels like there's a lot of adjacent things. Like, it's not exactly a slam dunk of a sponsor. I'm, I mean, we will take their money. No, but, but they're not. Or is this for free? Are we doing this for free because they're a charity? They're a non It's a charity, but you know why that we had to do the ocean cleanup. Why is that? Because Dom shoots that whole fucking car into the ocean in the beginning of this movie. Oh, yeah. We shouldn't litter into the oceans. Yes. I was thinking about the water at the end, the icy water in Russia. I wasn't thinking about the beginning. I was so far removed from the Cuban Mile that I was not thinking about that. But yeah, they are littering water. I mean, we got Roman underwater probably letting off like <laughs> yes. bacteria Gasoline. and skin flakes. Oh, by the way, I just what? got back from the movie theater seeing Ready or Not. Loved it. If you like horror, really? if you like cool, goofy movies, like it's oh, great. Cool. Go Good. see that. However, more important to this podcast, I saw a trailer before for a movie called Black and Blue starring Mr. Tyrese Gibson. I did not know he still acted in things that were not these movies. Yes, to be honest, same. And for all of the Fast and Furious news that we track, how did we not see that he was going to be in know. a different movie? And what was weird is that the trailer is, you know, it's like every trailer is like, like two and a half minutes or whatever in the first yeah. like 90 seconds. Because, you know, I have a very firm public stance of not watching trailers. But if I, yep. if I have zero idea what the movie is, I'm going to watch a trailer just to figure it out. And so the first 90 seconds, are just it's about a cop, pair of black cops. The guy is talking to the girl and he's like, you know, do you, you think you're black? Like, no, now you're blue. Like, when you go into these areas, they don't see you as one of them them they see you as a cop and so in the trailer you see that he is linked up with some criminals they shoot and kill a guy in front of her and she's wearing a body cam so they're sort of after her so the movie's called black and blue oh no i saw the trailer for this and i think i told you i thought that this looks pretty interesting it does look interesting but what was weird about the trailer was that like the first 90 seconds or whatever there's no tyrese and then all of a sudden i hear his voice i'm like is that tyrese and then like the last like basically solid minute of the trailer is nothing but Tyrese. And I was like, oh. I don't remember him being in this, but I do remember seeing a trailer Maybe for the movie. Maybe it's a new one. Maybe it's a different trailer. That was, I was just like, oh, huh, okay. Later in the episode, we have Gwyn Watkins, former writer for Yahoo, now a freelance journalist. She's got some uh, exciting things to say, I'm sure. We definitely <laughs> did not record that conversation last night doing the intro tonight, but it's good. I think this, again, like we talk about, or probably will talk about in the episode, Faith the Furious has a lot of different ways to look at it now that Hobbs and Shaw exists. Watching this movie this time was a way different experience for me. Yeah. I think I liked it more this time. Way more for me. Than yeah. ever before. Yep. Specifically, I think, because of my theory about Charlotte. Like now I'm sort of seeing again, I, I want I think we're going to get more of a fleshed in backstory there. But I'm also I might set myself up for disappointment if she's not the main villain. You know what I mean? Like I don't know, but I yeah, think I get it. Thinking that she is the villain, thinking she's the voice, the pieces are falling into place a little bit. Even without your theory, I liked seeing 
the beginnings of Hobbs and Shaw, right? So like watching it from the beginning, it's it's just a completely different experience now, and it does give me hope that we will see eight in a different light soon. Like I already do, so I think it can only get better in our eyes. Agreed, absolutely. And I think you know there's there's sort of nowhere to go but up. And hopefully, when nine comes out, when Hobbs and Shaw two comes out, whatever. If Charlize is in the female spinoff, who knows? They all yeah. come together in a good way. So, Joe, let's kick things off with extracurricular activities. Since we recorded Furious 7, we did the intro, I think, six nights, or like last week, last Wednesday. What have you yeah. done since? We've, you and I have recorded three podcasts, I think. I've done another two or three without you, but have Whoa. you done anything of note since we recorded Furious 7? I finished the beef jerky that we were talking about that I really liked. It came out great. I was happy with it. We made another batch. Rachel made a really cool batch of like an Asian-inspired flavoring. It was like mm. miso and soy and like some sake and some other things, and it was awesome. If anybody wants the recipe, let me know. It was a great marinade. I'd actually just use it for steaks in general. It was fucking awesome, but the beef jerky's amazing. That's about it because I'm getting ready to leave for Pittsburgh tomorrow, Yep. and I'll have fun stuff to talk about next time mm-hmm. when I go on my Pittsburgh excursion, but I've been trying to like pretty much just lay low until then. Yeah, that's all I've been doing. Yeah, the next three weekends, including this weekend, I have fun things happening, and then I think I have... A weekend off, and then there's something, I think, the next weekend, and then for a while there's stuff. So the tighter we, the closer we record together, the less that I, it feels like I'm doing. But I have stuff exciting coming up. So it's so hot outside. Like, I just don't want to be outside. Yeah, I agree with you, brother. It's just, it's gross. It is okay. gross. We'll, we'll, we'll start things off with the review check. So if you, nothing new, uh, unfortunately. If you Oops. listen to the okay. show, we know you do. I mean, if you're hearing this, you are listening to the show. If you want to do us a solid... Go on iTunes, go on Stitcher, go on, I don't know if Spotify has reviews, go wherever you listen and rate and review us. Tell people about the podcast. Go on YouTube, subscribe to us, like us, whatever on there. Please. Neither of us, I don't think, understand the algorithm for how iTunes or however things like get disseminated, but the more people who listen, the more people who review, who like, just get the word out there. It's free. It costs no money. Just, Just be kind to us if you can. I mean, you guys are always kind to us, but just go the extra step if you want to give us five stars. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, please. And then if you do want to spend some money, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash too fast to forever or too fast to forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, and Nick Burris for supporting us over there at the $5 level or above. Thank yes, you thank all you guys. so much. So I'm thinking, Joe, either next lap, and this is something we've not, we, we've, we've hinted at this, but you know, we've got a pit stop coming up next week. We've got Ben's pit stop next lap. Okay. You know, now that we are crushing Gosling, that Gosling's basically almost done. I'm wondering if we, and you can say no, I can cut all this out, if we go sort of, if we try weekly next lap and sort of kick things off with a lap, which in theory, you know, lines up with Ben's with Ben's movie, with Ben's pick, we could do like one other movie that you and I pick and then we let the patrons vote for a third and then the other in-between episodes, you know, we go through the Fast and Furious Wikipedia for his article, the article about him, and we could just sort of figure things out. We're on sort of a nice little weekly groove right now, and maybe maybe we uh, hit the Nas. Hmm, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. I, I, I like the pace we're going at right now. Let me think. We got some things coming up. Maybe. We've we got things cooking. Possible. But yes, if you want to support us on Patreon, if you want to, whether we go weekly next lap or the lap after that or whatever, you get voting rights on the movies that we do. Wait, I thought next lap is lap five. Isn't, aren't we doing what we said we were doing? Driving school? Well, yeah, but this would be in between. Like, Karis, like we're not going to blow through all the episodes. I'm just saying, like, bonus ones in between, whether mm, they're a mailbag or whether they're things. Yeah. I don't want to make Kara or eventually Nico and Keva yeah. do an every week thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah basically, yeah. the 
pace that we're at now, we keep. It's just in between, we just do like an hour, hour and a half bonus thing mm, with a couple extra movies. Let me think. That's interesting. I like it. Because next lap, just so, let's see here. Let's take a look right now at the episodes. Yeah, we've got no bonus lined up past the bonus, the, the Ben Milliman pit stop between one and two. So we've got some room to sort of, some wiggle room if we want to do it. So we'll, just, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Because yeah, again, yeah. we're not we're not cranking up the speed of the actual releases. It's just yeah. we're doing extra weird bonus goofy stuff in between, like we talked about. Yeah. Okay, mailbag. We have an email address here, family at cageclub.me. Uh, so first off, I want to read a tweet that we got from Kate Hudson, our guest last episode on Furious 7. She kind of broke our brains Ooh, with some yeah, theories, she right? Did. So she, I, I'm sure you saw this, but she tweeted, she's like, I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but here's a little addition to my theory. So she okay. said, I feel like Cypher was originally supposed to be Owen Shaw avenging his fallen brother, who clearly was supposed to die in that battle, setting up a whole family for a family thing that didn't work with Cypher. Again, sort of fitting into her theme of why Paul Walker dying in real life shifted things from being about his family to sort of being about Dom's family and sort of bringing in the Shaws as good guys and kind of changing the trajectory of the franchise. It sort of helps to go explain why Cypher didn't quite work in Kate's mind. Maybe it was never supposed to be Cypher. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see it. I do remember her saying this. It's It would make sense. It fits into her grand theory, right? Like her universal theory very well. Yeah. We lose Brian, so you have to bring in somebody to replace him. You continue Jason Statham on, mm-hmm. but people really like him, so you kind of mold him with my theory into the family, and you, yeah, it could work. I think so. I think it's hard to know what was planned. I mean, we will never know until unless there's, you know, tell-alls or whatever. But I feel like in all these movies, we talk about it all the time, that things get retrofitted and fit in and reshaped and rejiggered. What they might have had after four or after five, even before, you know, Paul died, like it might have, even before he was gone, it might have changed four or five different times. Who knows? But I have faith in them, in their commitment to the world that they're building, I guess, that it's going to make sense in some way. But I hope it's satisfying. I think eight is kind of the, we sort of have to take a step back to sort of regain our footing in a way. And nine, ten, I hope, push forward. Yeah. We have just have a bunch of emails. I'm sort of going a little bit out of order because you'll you'll know why in a second. We have an email here from friend of the show, Melissa Lynham, who's also Ooh, a patron of ours. Hello. So she uh, says, subject line, Owen Shaw. Okay. She says, hey, guys, I'm listening to the... Uh, by the way, Melissa messaged me a lot, and she's like, oh, you said this on the podcast. You didn't say this on the podcast. I'm like, email, and she never emails in. She's like, I'm not going to. I was like, okay, fine. But this fine, time, yeah. she actually wrote it in because this is important enough to let us know. Interesting. Okay. Hey guys, I'm listening to the Hobbs and Shaw spoiler app and wanted to let you know you both missed something. Oh, what did we miss? Helen Mirren does mention Owen when Statham first visits her in jail. She says something like, you, Owen, and Hattie always planning your little schemes. She says it quickly, but definitely says Owen. In the flashback, following the statement, there's a male child running away from the explosion in the background. Young Hattie and Statham high five in the foreground. She's on 99% certain she says, Owen, maybe another listener can back me up. Let me know if on your third viewing, if either of you catch this, or if I am dead wrong, heart Mel. Interesting. So I'm planning to see it again for the third time, probably next weekend-ish, ahead of when we cool. when we talk about it with Mike for this lap. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to have to listen to that. I mean, I saw it with her the second time. Wes and Wells and no one who's written in about this has said that, but maybe she's right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she's right. I wouldn't doubt it. It kind of it sounds familiar in my head now that she said it. I'm not sure. I can't clarify. We don't have the DVD yet, so... Yeah, yeah we, we will find know. out uh, soon enough. And come back in two episodes. We talk about Hobbs and Shaw on the ride-along resurgence? I don't know. We have to come up with, like, you know, 
Resurrection, the ride-along Resurrection with Mike Manzi here in lap four. Yeah. We have an email here from Wells Lamont, subject line, a bunch of silliness. We haven't heard from Wells in a couple emails, so... Yeah, he wrote that really long one about a thing about Hobbs and Shaw, and I, here, let's see what he says today. Okay. On my list of possible voices, I said Deckard, but I really meant Owen. I was switching up the brothers the whole time. My fault. Because we were like, oh, I, it would be a real twist if it was Deckard saying, because Deckard's in the room, but he just meant Owen. So I think that could be... Yeah. Again, that sort of, I think, in a way, tracks sort of with the cipher theory that, like, Owen was like, you remember me, Hobbs. Like, we, they've met before, but they're not necessarily close. But why would he be like, trying to fuck up his brother too? You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's re- maybe there's a reason why he wasn't like in the family. Maybe maybe there's a falling out or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, he calls him Scarface a bunch in 8, so which I thought was really funny. I, I made a note of that. I don't think we talked about that, but yeah, yeah Scarface. There's like there's a couple of really good uh little insults that I Jabs. caught this time that I never caught before. Yeah. yeah. Love Joey's theory on who the voice is. It very well may be the case. It makes sense. I've heard some pretty good stuff on it from people. I'm still discussing it with whoever has seen it so I can hear what they think and i've heard a few interesting ideas okay. so here we go here's some ideas for him can the fact that ryan reynolds was finally able to stab a brick through someone and seems to now have the abilities of brixton mean it's ryan reynolds that has to mean something right maybe he's the new and improved version of brixton i'm not stuck on it being him but i'm still trying to brainstorm everything could the end of Hobbs and shaw be way after everything happened in the movie or is that impossible i can't do the math mm. i think it's a credit scene if i'm not mistaken where reynolds puts the brick in the dude he appears to be pretty badass at this point, and he's another male role that has a strange relationship with Hobbs. Interesting. I feel like if it was Ryan Reynolds, now I'm trying to be neutral and trying to, you know, open my mind to all possibilities. I don't think he would brag about doing it. You what know, do you mean? like, because he calls Hobbs and he's like, I just put a brick through some guy. It's, you know, it's, it's not that difficult after all. If he was supposed to be menacing and taunting Hobbs, unless it's some kind of, like, weird, sick, perverted, like, serial killer shit, I don't think that he would be menacing and be like, you don't remember me, but you will, which doesn't quite work, considering they seem to be best friends and, like, Hobbs knows him, or at yeah. least Ryan Reynolds thinks that they're best friends. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Rachel said it was Ryan Reynolds' voice, and it sounds like him for sure. I don't know if I can buy into it being Ryan Reynolds for, like, these type of reasons, right? Like, they're two buddy, like, the best friend necklaces yep. and stuff. Like, it would just be a weird writing thing to turn him. Yes. Is what my main problem with it is. It's like, just that it would be so unbelievable to have him turn when he's, like, the whole movie's trying to, like, you know, make a friendship out of something that there wasn't there. Like, I think that if the movie had set up, like, because he wants to be a friendship. I think if Hobbs had been meaner to him as opposed to just being business about it. Like, yeah. they could have set up, like, some kind of so sick of this or whatever. But I feel like it's such positivity coming from him that there's no real way, I don't think, that it would make sense. You know, I don't know. He says, what if the yeah. voice is Ja Rule? Oh, Monica! Wait, do you know his character name? I had to look it up on I I put it in the minutes. I have no I, I idea. No, they don't, I don't think they ever say it. What is it? Edwin. Edwin? Uh, no, I, I have no idea. Yeah, neither did I. I'd never... That wouldn't... I, you know, if, you had, if I had 100 guesses, it would not be bad. Yeah, that should have been on Trivia HQ when we got <sighs> rocked. What if the voice is Sean, and he's turned rogue because The Rock teamed up with the man who killed Han, even though Shaw and Hobbs hate each other? Is he going to be, like, 27 in the movie and look like he's 45, or can he just be 45 already? When we did 7 last time, I didn't talk about this, but, you know, every time that we had talked about it, you know, Mike was on, we talked about it with Mike, I think we might have talked about it again before, but you guys are always like, yeah, Sean's so old. But in my head, I was just thinking, like, when we see Dom pull up and we get the flashback to Tokyo Drift, I was like, no, he looks he looks right. And then, you know, they have the extra scene, like the new scene. I was like, oh, there he looks. 
old as hell. Like that's <laughs> like I because the first time I was like, oh no, like I'm, he, he might look a little older, but he kind of looked old in the movie. I don't know. And then like I was like, oh, now I know what they're talking about. Yes, I agree. He looks very, very old. Yeah. Yes. Well, says what if voice is no knees Denise? <laughs> he says, let me rephrase that. How stupid is the voice if it's not? No knees, Denise. <laughs> Says it makes perfect sense. Roman will have to take her down one more time in order to save the world. Oh, God. <laughs> he just has to, like, it just... Oh. I would love it. I had it. so many thoughts. I had so many thoughts, and they all just bottle, like, bottlenecked right in my brain at the same time. But I was imagining a movie where the whole mastermind goal is for Tyrese to seduce... No knees, Denise again, and now she's really hot, and she like, and she doesn't remember in... him, or she, yeah, or she doesn't won't give him the time of day. Like there's got to be something where yeah. his ego is taken down a peg, right? Yeah, where she's just laid out with like Idris Elba and like all these like super beautiful guy like you know michael b jordan's her boyfriend idris was her boy like she just had like she's like this is my harem of men oh here's a question who's she played by i also want wells and whoever to write in but who's no needs denise played by oh i have an idea carrie washington oh okay i was gonna say tessa thompson who plays valkyrie in thor oh yeah 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 that could work too right yeah that could work too i was thinking carrie washington though it has to be like i guess yeah you would need maybe maybe tessa's too young like you would need someone who is about 40 in the movie because like if they went to high school together right yeah yeah wells who who would you cast wells who would you cast as no needs denise i want to know family at cage club about me and then we'll have like the throwback thing where she was like oh or the oh god the chick that was just what about halle berry yes halle berry could be it and it could be the the woman from the movie where she just did the like she played a little kid tiffany haddish was in it or something oh yeah 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 what's her name Issa ray no not Issa ray wait are you talking like about michelle you're talking about little i think regina hall regina hall regina hall would be a good one for no niece denise too and she could play funny and just like shred yes tyrese the whole time i'm in, I'm in favor of that that age appropriate yeah i think tiffany haddish is a little too young yeah and I also feel like she, I don't know if she could balance the seriousness. You know what I mean? Like, she can be serious. Yeah. Like, she was serious in, what's the movie I just saw? The Kitchen. She's still mostly in that comedic wheelhouse. I feel like Regina Hall could sort of balance the two. Yeah. I'm in favor of that. Carrie Washington or Regina Hall for me. Okay. I'm down. Wells, let us know. He ends the email, brainstorming unlikely voices, and I'm having too much fun with it, but trying to cover everything. He says, Fuentes. I don't know why I would be her, oh, though. She's too good. She was a good cop. I mean, like, she she was, like, just deep undercover. But she wasn't, like, a bad cop. Brian was a bad cop. She was yes. okay. Any one of the losers of the races in the beginning of fa- the first two movies means maybe it's Suki. That would be excellent. Whoa. Just got Brian Rodriguez all excited. He doesn't even know it. I feel cool. like this is, and I, I love this, but you know how, like, when people, like, there was that guy who, when Kanye and Kim had North, he, like, there was that tweet that blew up. It was like, oh, what, I bet they're going to name their kids some shit, like, Northwest or whatever. And people were like, oh, my God. And then people realized that it might have been that he might have had, like, 200 tweets that were just, like, random names. And, like, he deleted all of them. And that was the <laughs> one, right? Like, I feel like Wells is doing that thing where he's just like, yo, guys, I got it. it was just cast the he, wide net. Yeah, but he's, oh, like, yeah. he's like, yeah, Wells, but you like you named 60 people. Like, Joe and I both, like, had, like, two guesses. <laughs> you guessed the other 60 people we know. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, whatever works. If he nails it, he nails it. All right. Uh, if he Johnny nails Tran it, I'll give him credit. rises from jo- the dead to extract revenge <laughs> on Hobbs, who teamed up with the crew that killed him. Tries to get Hobbs because he's friends with Dom now. Okay. But also, I think we need to we need to keep in mind that the voice says, you may not remember me, Hobbs. So unless there's like some backstory where Hobbs 
busted Johnny Tran before, like, in some alternate timeline before the first movie? I don't know. I have no idea. The ghost of Hobbs' team that got killed in Fast Five pissed at Hobbs for getting them killed. That's actually probably not a terrible one. Like, somebody from Hobbs' team before, not the ghost of them, but, like, somebody from a Hobbs' team that went rogue. Like, Gia, Gia Carano, right? Someone, like, along these lines. And she's got, like, a bloody harpoon sticking out the front of her chest? Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, they can, like, you know, retrofit a character. Oh my god, they were part of Hobbs's team during this thing, and we didn't yep. notice them, and then all of a sudden, now they're involved. There was, so on the How Let's Get Made episode for Hobbs and Shaw, which came out last week, they were talking about where the series goes from here. And I do yeah. recommend everybody listens to that. I think it's a very funny. Like they 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 give it the right kind of respect because they love those movies. Uh, oh, they keep saying over and over again that this is the hot, this is the Fast and Furious movie that we were promised. Like this is exactly what they want. They just want like Statham the Rock goofing around and doing action stuff and like crazy oh, scenes. Cool. But they were saying, yeah. "Where do you go from here?" And someone in the crowd yelled, "Space!" And they're like, "Well, not like not like physically. Where do you go? But like you have cyborgs." And then some of the audience yelled out, ghosts. They're like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, ghosts. Well, we already have Ghost Letty, essentially, so. We do kind of have Ghost Letty, but I mean, we need, like, an actual ghost. Because where do you go from here, like, after you have, like, a bionic superhero? Paranormal activity, literally. That's what they need. No, I mean, not the movie of it. Yeah, no, I know. Literally, like, ghosts. Twinkie, in honor of Sean, in honor of Han. Giselle's father to avenge her death caused by Owen. Ooh. Anyway, bros, it's been fun. Great stuff. Until next time, peace out, Wells. Thank you, Wells, for the ideas. Thanks, Wells, for the email. Sending Thanks for us ideas. Me laugh, as usual, please. And I especially want to know who you would cast as No Knees Denise. I bet you have a good answer for it. That's why I'm curious. All right, Joe, we have eight emails left. We've got five from he Nick took... and three from Ben. And I feel like they're oh, both, cool. from what I remember when I was reading them kind of the first time, here's an idea, and then there are a lot of, like, PSs. So we're going to go, we're going to do all Nick's first, then we're going to do all of uh, Oh, Ben's. so that's why you split them up. You said you're kind of doing them yes. out of order? That makes sense. Okay. So the first one, Nick sent in, uh, speaking of tattoos, they sent in a Facebook link, but I can't see it. So Nick, if you want to send us, if there's a picture or whatever, email that and we'll talk about it later. But sorry, can't, can't do that one, unfortunately. So the next one from Nick, he says, okay, hey guys, more on Hobbs and Shaw. He says, just a correction. I definitely knew of Kevin Hart. He says, yeah. All right, all right, all right, LOL. Well, we were talking about McConaughey, I think. Yeah. Didn't expect Kevin Hart to be in the movie. Same, we didn't either. I didn't. There was that one rumor, but I, I just sort of chalked it up as like, we talked about it, I think, just like, oh, that doesn't, that's probably not real. So I, I knew it in my brain. I was still surprised when he showed up. I'll say that. I was very surprised because I don't even remember this rumor. So for me, it was like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. He just pops out of nowhere. He says, they do make mini Peterbilts. They put the body on old pickup truck chassis. Yeah. Continuing the cookie talk, my mom still makes sand tarts, which are my favorite. What are sand tarts? I don't know. Let's see here. Sand tart cookie. Pennsylvania Dutch sand tarts? It's like a Christmas cookie rolled very thin and sprinkled with sugar. They're like kind of like snickerdoodles a little bit? It looks maybe like that. Five simple ingredients. So yeah, it looks like there's a couple different kind of variations. But yeah, like a thin sort of, it looks like a holiday cookie. Cool? Okay. Cool. He says, I like pancakes and waffles. Love chicken and waffles. Homemade, so good. Chicken. Rachel makes a mean-ass chicken and waffles. She when does. I was down in Austin, one of the food places we went to was a brunch place, and they had a chicken and waffles. And I like, I wish that the it was half portion because like it was so good, but it was like it's always massive. Literally two breasts of chicken that I got at like eleven o'clock in the morning. I was like, I, what, what do you want me to do with all this? Yeah, you have to split it. He says Kate was really cool and funny. My sister actually lives up in Fairbanks, Alaska, so we got another Alaska connection here from Ooh. our listeners. And more, spoiler, more from Ben on Alaska later. He says uh, we were talking about Power Man five thousand and Roland. Uh, he says yeah, he wants to mention Chumbawamba. I get knocked down, but I get up again. That's on like my cur- That's that's a common song played in this household. 
Chumbawamba tub thumping. Yeah. That's like always on loop here. He says in the fast minute in Harry's shop, the spring was funny and he got curious. Curious in the car, so we watched that scene. Because it looks like a Mazda Miata Speedster M concept. Ooh, okay, yeah, that's what I was saying. So, like, I thought it was an RX-7, or I thought it was a Miata, but it has, like, a weird body kit on it. It's It could be a Miata concept. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. And it also kind of makes sense why it's not necessarily online, if it's, like, sort of a concept car, like a kit car, like a one-off sort of thing, right? Like, they don't yeah. really know what to yeah. call it. Because I don't know if I believe if he installed a whole NAS system in a couple hours. Uh, maybe, but it seems like a lot of work, especially by himself. You kind of, like, have to imagine that he has, like, the police mechanics with him, right? At this point, like, we just don't see that part, because we don't know that he's an officer yet. What's the timeline? So he's he's probably at Toretto's for lunch. So say that's noon, right? Gets to Harry's Even by... Even early lunch, like 11. Sure, sure okay. give him 11. Okay, so say he's at Harry's by 11.30. He's got the Nas in hand by 11.30-ish, right? The race is after sundown, so the race has got to be 8, 9, 10 o'clock. I guess, you know, if he has a team, yeah, I can see it happening, especially if he has the rigs set up already. And maybe just, I don't know, I don't know. I also yeah. have zero idea what goes into installing NAS, other than what I'm assuming is a lot of work. A lot of work. You have to put shit into the engine and, like, tune it and stuff, so... Oh, well, you sort of... I guess I sort of saw a little bit on that YouTube video that you sent me, right? That guy yes. was explaining how it works, kind of. I sort of got a sense of at least all the... Yeah. Like, not if, if not how to install it, all the different components to it. If you knew how to do it, it would be an eight-hour project, So yeah, I so would say. You would, you would need experts in the field, but it also feels like, I mean, if they're anything like the cops in Miami they're idiots so i don't know i don't know yeah, you kind of need like um the mechanics that hobbs has down in rio in in fast five yes right like guys who were like yeah. able to take apart an entire car just to sort of find out what's wrong or find out what's different or off or whatever right so yeah could happen we just don't know yeah or it could be the next night it could be it couldn't be it could be not the same night it's true that's true because we don't know necessarily know that it's the same night like it's set up like it is and he said like i need nas for tonight but that doesn't mean he's racing that night it means he needs it by tonight also movie magic yeah true yeah. uh one more thing all those dvd players would be broken and that roger's truck that definitely don't load it like that, and with all the moving parts, it would be all over that truck. So I, I like that we get, I mean, I think it's something we could, probably could have assumed, but again, knowledge from the expert, you know, the long-haul truck driver. <laughs> yeah. You know what bothers me, like, in this regard, is, like, have you ever seen a movie where, where people are moving? They're, like, just, like, put, like, a lamp in the back of a moving truck, just, like, on its own, yes. or, like, whatever. It's, like, yes. basically, if you, you pack a moving truck, unless it's, like, the last truck of the stuff but it's always in a movie like these are all my things in my one truck it's all boxes like everything's in boxes <laughs> yeah. unless it's the last truck where it's just like leftover shit like when i rent a u-haul <laughs> to move like a chair and tables and stuff then you're like just get it in there but if you're yeah. moving your entire life it's all in boxes so like again yep. yeah m- move uh, sort of the opposite of movie magic i guess i get really mad at this when i watch any movie that has science in it because it's like pipette one tube put it into a computer and it's like a face yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And, like, this drives me nuts because, like, I'm like, this doesn't fucking work like this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they do lab stuff really, really bad in movies. So it actually takes me really far out of the movie when I'm like, God damn it. Or, like, you know, like, they'll have, like, they just have, like, the wrong equipment or anything going on. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. 
people don't get journalism wrong, but on the other hand, when they get it right, I'm like, oh yeah, that scratches that itch. Like, spotlight <laughs> yeah. and stuff, like, oh boy. He says, I noticed that Roman asked neither six or seven if we were getting paid, so he might be broke. I agree, he blew through his money. So we think that, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Love the Roadrunner that Dom drives. I had to get the die-cast 124th scale of it. Wish the color Ooh. was right. It's a little off, but still cool. Yeah, that is a really cool car. So this also had a jacked-up Jeep. When 7 came out, was excited there was a Jeep in these movies. I'm glad I didn't post that meme on Facebook then, but I had a meme that Zach sent me that was like, what's the most unrealistic part of this scene? And it's the it's the scene when they like jump the cars out of the plane and you see the Jeep and it's like a Jeep that's jacked up that high without the death wobble. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I almost posted it. But I told you now, and you had a jacked up Jeep, did yours have a death wobble? Right in, family at cageclub.me. Because that whole thing is like, if it's too high, it's just the center of gravity is too much, and like, yeah, any slight wobble exactly. is just going to, it's flipping. The best, saddest part is the end. I love how they did that whole scene, even if Paul looks like it from the first movie, I didn't care. Also, the cars were bare, like the Chargers bare metal with the wheel casts. What they cut the rims out when they make the custom wheels that they were starting over. This is also the song is badass and had the he had the first ringtone for a long time. Might have to bring it back. Ooh, see you yeah, again. I, man, movie. can you imagine having that as your ringtone, like wanting to cry every time you get a call? No, thankfully I have no friends, so no one calls me. And I although will I never get like hear it. fucking four or five spam calls a day. Just, <laughs> same, same. So you'd be like, it, maybe the song just make you angry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Got pics of some of the items I mentioned. So that's what the sort of the PSs. Keep it up, he says. Okay. And this. This Joe, this might influence you. I don't know. By the way, what? love the weekly schedule. I know on my way back home, I can listen every Tuesday. Ooh. Keep it up and say it with your chest. LOL, Nick. Say it with your chest. Okay. You're. I wonder. Did you plan it? Because you knew the email. No, I didn't read. The, I I only sort of read. I, <sighs> I get the gist of an email. Oh, here we go. Okay, so he sent in some pictures. So here are a bunch of pictures. I'm going to go sort of one at a time. This is all from. Did you put them in the chat? Not yet. I'm going to put them one at a time here. So this per this first picture. Sand tart cookie recipe. Look again. It looks sort of holiday. Looks delicious. Looks sugar cook- yep. cookies. I like it. I'm a fan. Yeah. The name sand tart. I wonder if that's a regional name. Like we were talking about with the Girl Scout cookies. He says the like sand tart's wonder- Pennsylvania Dutch. Yummy. So maybe it's a regional thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. Because I feel like I've seen those kind of cookies before, but I don't think I've ever heard Same. that name. Right. I've never heard the name. Nope. But I've seen these these types of cookies. Yeah. This next picture he sends is the mini Pete's, the mini Peterbilts. So oh, that's so cute. Yeah. I don't know. This, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the reaction you're supposed to get, but I just think it's so cute. Like next to, there's a little Pete next to the big Pete, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's really cool, man. This is a picture. He said this is the Mazda Miata M, the concept car. Oh, dude, yeah, it definitely could be this. If I was describing this in the car game, I would say the front looks like a face and a fish. It looks like a fish to me. It kind of looks like Nemo a little bit, coloring yeah. sort of like Nemo. All right. But yeah, it definitely could be this. Good call. Yep. So this is a picture, I think, of just more of that, the concept car, just a couple different colors, a couple different variations, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little bit, this one doesn't have flip-up headlights. This one has, like, them already in there. Yeah, yeah, it definitely could be this. This is the Jeep he used to have. It doesn't look, it looks well-made enough. It doesn't look like it would have a death wobble. It looks jacked up, but I don't think it has that no, death wobble. No, he has some suspension in there, yeah. too, so. And then the last picture in this email, he says, seeing this the fuel stop, funny, had to take a pick. So let's see this. I don't think I... <laughs> okay, this is awesome. Hold on. So this is... Uh... Send it, send it, send it. Yeah, hang on one second. I got it. Okay, here we go. It's the back of a pickup truck. Just says, pockets ain't empty, cuz... It's like oh somebody had a decal on the back of their cab. Oh my uh, god. Boy, oh That's boy. So that is incredible. awesome. That is so incredible. That's so good. Can, can we post that? I We can post this to yeah, the Yeah, I'll get, I'll Facebook get a better page. version. I'll, I'll the full-size version that he... Uh... Awesome. Yeah, we have to post it to the Facebook page. Yep. That's awesome. 
That's super oh, cool. Oh, God. Very, very cool. Thanks for sharing. All yeah. right. Now, Nick sent in another email. So this is something that goes along with what we were talking about last time. Actually, something you had sent me about recently. He says, just seen this on Amazon now. Sure, it's on some fan fanatic page with a lot of cool things. So this the is... Shirts. We were talking about this. The shirt yeah, we were talking yeah, about. Yeah. I think he said he saw this on Facebook, and, and now he sees it on Amazon, too. Oh, so cool. So, so okay, I can get this that. from yep. Amazon. I really want this. This is a really cool shirt. And then he says, Spread Shirt, which I guess is a shop, has a bunch of cool shirts. Forgot to mention, we need to get you guys to Hollywood so Vin will pull up to the party. Be so badass, especially if he's driving the Charger. I would I would love yeah. to be in the in the house. Thank you, Nick, for sending in the emails. Love the pictures. We're going to post a couple, at least one, if not a couple of them, on our our, our our Facebook page, our Patreon page, all over the place. Yes. Definitely looking forward to seeing. Like, I want to... I'm, now I'm going to be on extra vigilance for the sand tarts. I'm going to see if that's a thing that I hear about. Ooh. Maybe it is. I don't know. Ask don't your know. friends. Ask your fantasy baseball crew. Let me... I'll text right now. Yeah. Has anyone ever heard of a cookie called a sand tart? No jokes, please. Serious question. That's, I was just going gonna... <laughs> to say, have you ever heard of sand tarts? No racism. Because, like, there was going to be something bad that came back from like if you just threw out the question like that you'd be like whatever you're thinking it is it's a cookie yeah so please stop that's why i said the cookie santart as opposed to exactly yeah, yeah. yeah you you nailed it we've got three emails from ben so okay okay here we go hobbs we got Sean. through all of we got through all of nick's we emails. got through all of nick's yeah nick, nick thank okay. you for writing in yes thank you buddy really appreciate it family occasionally about me we love the pictures that one track i still i'm still like i have a little bit of tears in my eyes just because so it's so perfect it's so it's so wonderful <laughs> it's, it's incredible i loved it pockets ain't empty cuz shit threw a sticker on the back of his truck you know how you were saying when we have the t-shirts what do you want to embroider in the collar oh fuck i forget already what we should do is if we get if we make hoodies inside the pockets we should embroider pockets in empty cuz oh that is so good that is so good just like on the lip of it we could probably iron that in ourselves yeah just like the inside lip of the pocket it's the lip tattoo of hoodies exactly yep hobbs and shaw and other stuff from ben millman hello ben thank you for writing in hey i saw hobbs and shaw and i loved it also i heard your episode on it and loved that too totally okay with my movie getting pushed back to cover the italian job it just makes sense perfect yeah we thought you'd understand hopefully and you seem to be okay it, it makes sense right yeah. it has to Linny also liked the movie she said she thinks it's her favorite out of all fast and furious well i mean it is as far from rats as we could possibly get so i can <laughs> true that doesn't yeah. mean anything but it just uh you know i, I i'm not like i'm ever gonna forget that Linny hates rats so yeah same a little food talk there's a place up here called matanuska brewing do you know this one? M-A-T-A-N-U-S-K-A? No, I only know um, the Anchorage Brewing Company that does a deal with the devil. That's like the really famous one. I think it's called Anchorage Brewing Company. There's Red Dog, maybe? in the... Yeah, there's Red Dog, too. That my... When my friends went up to Alaska, they got me... I think they flew beer back for me, maybe? I know I for sure have a bottle opener driving from here to your house in two hours. You could probably detour 15 minutes and hit like 70 bro- like it's just they're everywhere so yeah yeah they have great burgers and beer i never knew a beer could have a complex kind of flavor until i tried theirs Ooh, Ooh. actually i have a question for you ben how much in terms of craft beer do you get a lot of import i feel like there's got to be not a ton imported up there right yeah because it's just, it's so far away i don't know also the grains they use for the beer after brewing they feed it to the cows so the beer the beef itself has a great flavor on its own. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's always a good move. Uh, New England Brewing Company, which is very close to here, they use all of their spent grains. They send them to a farmer as well, and he makes like heirloom. He he raises heirloom pigs and chickens, and so he feeds all the spent grains to them and makes very, very expensive 
hams, essentially. So. Mm, okay. Two responses in my fantasy baseball text thread. One friend asked his wife, she said, quote, you're a sand tart. And uh, another guy said, I think at a college party once called Matt a sand tart, but no, I haven't. So again, okay. jokes, 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 but no one so far, two responses, has not heard, heard the cookie. So we'll find out. Pennsylvania Dutch. Okay. Keep at it. Okay. So yes, but Anchorage Brewing Company, the uh, the only reason why I know about Anchorage Brewing Company is because we're deep into the beer game, and Anchorage Brewing Company releases a beer, I think maybe once a year, called a Deal, Deal with the Devil, and it's like notably one of the best um, barley wines out. Ooh, okay. It's like a barrel-aged barley wine. You have to go to Alaska to get it. There's like a bunch of kids that fly from California to Alaska to go there to like wait outside for it. I've never had a Deal with the Devil. Everybody who has had it loves it. That's the only beer that I know from Alaska. Cool. Um, yeah, let us know if you if you had that beer, that barley wine, Ben. Yeah. Let us know. We started recently going to a place called Seoul Casa. S-E-O-U-L Casa. It's a Korean-Mexican oh, fusion restaurant. That sounds awesome. Says, I'm really good at stopping eating when my body just tells me I'm done, but I almost always overeat at this place, and just by flavor alone, I leave really happy. They also have K-pop music videos playing the whole time, and I really like trying to figure out what's going on. Sometimes it's really hard, LOL. Yes, so if you like Korean food, you would love Rachel's Korean beef jerky-inspired recipe because it has gochujang in it which is like the Korean sambal, Korean sriracha type flavoring. My favorite podcast, or one of my favorite podcasts, Never Not Funny, was talking about they were at some Korean restaurant and they had the Korean version, I think, of the Masked Singer on TV. Ah. They were like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but they had like all these like people in costumes that you could tell it was a singing competition show. And then finally, you know, when it came here, it's like, it still doesn't really make sense, but it kind of makes sense. But yeah. yeah, I love a place that, it, you know, dedicated in terms of the entertainment too. Same, same. It's a good touch. I agree. Enough about food. I found something out about the voice in Hobbs and Shaw. I'm not sure if it means anything or if Ooh. you guys already heard of this, but you look at the actor, it says Champ Nightingale, which if you look them up, it's a name that Ryan, Ryan Reynolds uses sometimes. I included two pictures to show what I'm talking about. So I did see an article that mentioned this, but I'd forgotten it until he just brought it back up. Yeah, he's credited in another movie as Champ Nightingale, or he's used this name before. Yeah, so he wrote a review of his gin as Champ Nightingale, and then on IMDb, Champ Nightingale is an actor known for Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. This doesn't mean that it's him. He could have just done the voice waiting for Keanu. They modulate it. They can kind of be like he stole Ryan Reynolds' voice. Whatever, whatever, whatever. It doesn't mean that it's him, but... It's interesting. It's very interesting. I hope it's... I mean, I just... I, it doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't... You know, I, I it don't... It doesn't. I don't... I don't know. It's super lazy writing to me. I think by the time you get this, you'll already have done seven, and I'm not sure about eight. Not much to say about seven except get tissues. Whenever I watch it, I find myself trying to pick out all the scenes where it wasn't Paul, and I think I got pretty good at it. Well, there's yeah. a video that I think we posted, or we t- at least mentioned the, the, the VFX artists react. The one that the West sent us, right? Yes. Um, So if you want to sort of get a sense of what that is, go check that out on YouTube. With this being the movie that Paul died during, it kind of makes me think of something that happened when I was a kid and lived in Washington. I don't know where the story is going, but I'm scared already. I'm nervous. We were driving back home from my aunt's, and it was really dark out and about medium traffic. I think it was four lanes on each side of the concrete barrier in the middle, so eight total. As we're driving, these Turner cars come racing through and collided. One went into the barrier and the other into the grass and trees. The guy hit the barrier, went on his side, and slammed back down. Luckily, he didn't tip. Because it was dark, my stepdad pulled next to the barrier and put his hazard lights on. We called for an ambulance. Both guys got out of their cars and didn't seem to be hurt, or at least not too bad. Wow. About wow. two minutes after, six other Turner cars pulled into the grass side and parked perfectly spaced apart. It was really cool to see as a kid. About five or ten minutes later, you could see flashing lights in the distance, and once the six others saw, they all sped off. Being a Fast and Furious fan, it was really cool to see that in real life. That story turned out way better than I thought it was going to be. I was very scared. First. 
I was very nervous. But I'm glad that that's an. It seems to be an enjoyable memory for you. I'm glad that nobody was injured. You didn't have to like watch a man die in your in someone's arms or something. Right. And then to see the co- like the cars all like scoot off when the cops show up is hilarious. That's yeah. great, actually. Yeah. And then he left, uh, gave me a bunch of pictures for a car guessing game that we will probably we could do either next week or I think we might wait and save it for the episode with Mike. So maybe we'll do it then. But we're gonna do it okay, either. Cool. We're not going to, spoiler, can't do it this episode because we already recorded the back half. Second email from Ben, Kate and Cold Water. I was listening to the Furious 7 episode and Kate might be my favorite guest. Yes, it's wow. the Alaskan connection. I don't yeah. know if other places feel it, but at most people from here I've talked to agree that there's this connection you have with other people from Alaska. I think it's a mutual suffering people experience during the really dark, cold winters. And you're not connected to the rest of America. Yeah. Did I... Ba, 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 ba. You can see Russia from your doorstep. <laughs> Hearing her talk about the about cold that. water up here made me think of a couple things. First is that Linny, her stepdad, our friend Tia, and I did a two-day hike. During this hike, you have to cross Eagle River, and the water was so cold, my feet started hurting about 30 seconds in. Wow. Talk to Antonio Brown about hurting feet, if you know what I mean. Yeah, cold feet. <laughs> Second is I went whitewater rafting a couple times. One of the times I went, our raft flipped, and we all went in the water. When I came up for air, I realized I was stuck under the raft. Oh, Jesus. It's a fun story to tell now, but it was terrifying when it happened. Yeah, I can imagine. I would have shit myself. Yeah. This is why I don't like going outside. I'm a city boy to the core. I don't need to be tipped in a raft. I don't need to get... I don't like my feet being wet at all. If it rains and I come home for any reason, I change shoes and socks. Like, fuck all that noise. No way I'm doing a two-day hike with wet feet. If you shit yourself, then we need ocean cleanup to sort of clean up the mess. So, I mean, it's it's all, you know, it all comes back around. If I knew the conversation about cold water was going to come up in this episode, I would have loved to tell Kate that we went to Beluga Point, I think it was during August, and saw some tourists swimming. They seemed really happy, but I do not recommend this. Between the water being very cold and getting stuck in the mud flats, it's just not a good idea. Tourists are so dumb sometimes. Yeah, but I think it's just like, oh, I want to go, you know, polar plunge Swim in Alaska. I want to go swimming yeah. in Alaska. Do you see people do dumb shit like that around, like, do you have a, a hometown place where people would do dumb shit like this around it? I don't think so. Not that I know of, at least. I mean, I think probably the closest thing that I would know is probably just people do dumb shit down the shore, you know what I mean? But New York City. Like, every time I'm in, like, Times like, if for any reason we have to cut, like, anywhere near Times Square or through it, God forbid, Rachel gets so sad but I ruined so many pictures. Like, I just walk straight through a picture every time. <laughs> like, people will be, like, clearly setting up to take a picture, and I just walk straight through it. Because I'm like, fuck your picture. Like, there's no way that I'm spending three hours walking through here because you need to take a picture. Just, like, if you're standing, wait until you get your picture shot. I'm not being, like, bothered by this. You guys wouldn't know this, but if you get stuck in the mud flats, it's highly unlikely you'll get out. I remember being little and hearing a story about a woman getting ripped in half, Jesus Christ, while trying to be helicoptered out. I'm not sure if that one is true or just a myth, but many people have died. Once you get stuck, most likely the tide will come and you'll drown. As a kid, I thought it'd be fun to run out as far as I could and run back once it got squishy. This is a very dumb thing to do. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I could see it if I was a little boy and they're like, don't go out there. You're like, yeah, well, how far? On a different note, unfortunately, I didn't see the first one in theater, so Kate didn't pull my ticket, at least for that movie. It's definitely Aww. a possibility that she could have for another movie I saw. I love how small the world can be that a podcast I love had an Alaskan on it. That's it for the email. Another great episode. Keep it up. Thank you, Ben. Then Ben right, wrote yeah. an addendum. He said, so I okay. realized... I didn't say that I really liked Kate's thoughts and theories about the movies. When I got home, I talked to Lenny about the Paul stuff. She said it made sense. 
Although, after I talked to Linny about Kate and how she's from here, loves the series, has bare-toothed nachos and all that, she laughed and told me not to go leaving her for Kate. <laughs> ben says, I thought she was a great guest and would love if she was on again. We might have to arrange that. I liked Kate a lot. She cracked me up. We have nothing but time to book uh, more guests. No. <laughs> yeah, this is going to go on fucking forever. So, we well, eventually, I'm sure she'll come back at yeah. some point. Well, that's it for the emails tonight. Family at cageclub.me. If you want to write in, we will do mail again next week on the Italian job bonus episode. So, email in if you didn't get it in for this episode. We will be recording that next week. And then, you know, we've got a handful more weeks in a row doing weekly stuff. And who knows from there? But who knows? Family at cageclub.me. On the streets. So, Fast and Furious news. There's been some news since we last recorded. Notably, Yondu, Michael Rooker from The yes. Walking Dead from Guardians of the that's Galaxy, has joined say. Fast 9. Which is awesome. He's another one of these characters that's kind of fringy. He can play funny, but he can play a villain. He can play... It's a good It's a good choice. He doesn't have to play straight the whole time. The other thing, and this is sort of a rumor, so uh, let me actually take a, a moment here to talk a little bit about some theories and some ideas and some facts from how this got made. don't really want to spoil that, but I think there's they, a lot of what they covered we talked about. Um, I had mentioned the, the idea from the, the, the audience to go ghosts. Okay. So yeah. we talked last episode about the McLaren, right? That, that Hobbs and Shaw are in with Hattie in the middle, and it's like, that isn't possible. So they did some research. The McLaren is 81 inches wide, okay? Okay. 7 to 10 inches or so are the doors. So Makes sense. Just yeah. say at most 74 inches width Across. to width inside, right? Yeah. The Rock's chest is 51 inches wide. Jesus. 50 or 51 or something like that. Statham's is 40 or 41 or 45. So they would it's, have, it's they that, would have had to be ballpark. sitting like somebody forward, somebody back. Like they would have had to been staggered. Yes. This, okay. You know, I saw, I don't know if I sent this to you or not, but there was a uh, concept that somebody put together for how to make the middle seats on planes better. You would slide the middle seat back, I think, four inches, but like all okay, of them yeah, yeah, back yeah. four inches. So like there's just more elbow room sort of on all sides. It'd be sort of like that. Like you'd have to have like Hobbs sort of in the middle and Hattie in the back, but like they're all side by side, clearly. So they already yeah. have negative 20 inches of space. And then there's Hattie in the middle who like, I don't know what a normal, like a person who doesn't look like Hobbs or Shaw width is but you know say 30 or whatever like they're still like four feet too wide for that car you know what i mean so yeah i think the theory i think i said it in this, in this episode when we talked to gwyn but the theory that the voice if it's han that han was the first cybernetically engineered human could be kind of yes. cool and the, cool. the other thing that our that your friend that our friend matt sent us was that there is a rumor that idris elba's character brixton the people's elba works for wayland corp which is in the alien universe because there's something on his collar there's a symbol yes. that looks like the W in Alien. In that case, this is not part of the Alien verse. I don't know. As we, we don't have confirmation this, of that, though. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a that's a guess. That's a theory. Whatever, just throw anything at the wall. Like I don't care. Like make it all real. I don't I don't mind. Especially Charlize is in Prometheus, so she could be Cipher, the safe cracker, and then go to space. Yeah, and then that's how we get to space. Ooh, I'm down for all of it. As this episode comes out today. HTML husbands talking more or less. Kevo and Nico are starting their trek through the Alien verse, starting with Alien. Oh, so it'll be on lap seven. Alien is Nico's favorite franchise. I have not shared this with him yet. I don't know how the best to tell him, but like I, I would love to see him because they have not seen any of these movies. So I want to sort of oh, be, do all this and just be like, hey, by the way, uh, knock knock, possibly part of the Alien verse. You know what I mean? So 
yeah, we have to save it till the end and give him like a big hurrah at the end yep. there. What else is there? I mean, I'm just scrolling back on Facebook, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever to see if there's anything else that we posted. Oh, there's going to be a Supra in Fast 9, right? The new Supra. Yeah, we talked about it. We played it on the guard car guessing game. I posted the video of the Supra engine teardown from Papadakis Racing which was awesome to watch. Very, very cool. And we now have confirmation that a Supra's in the new one, which is very cool. Yeah. The Rock got married since we since we last recorded. Yeah, that's right. Congratulations, The Rock. They added Francis Nganu, the UFC fighter. Yeah, which is a good move, right? Like, you know, we had Gina Carano. We Just had boys. Ronda Rousey. So, like, adding UFC fighters seems pretty, pretty standard. And the last piece of news that we shared on Facebook was... The lack of Owen Shaw explained. Yes. So David Leach, who directed Hobbs and Shaw, hinted at a Shaw standalone movie. Um, he says, how do we focus on setting up the worlds of Shaw and Hobbs and focus on these characters? There's a lot of story to tell regardless. Everyone's estranged from their family. Everyone's trying to reconnect. Yeah. I have the backstory between Brixton and Shaw. There's a lot to wrap up. I, was saving, I think it was saving Luke for additional stuff. And I don't know, a Shaw standalone movie or whatever. Which is fine by us. Just yep. make a million of these. We got none but time. Yeah. David Leach, the director, confirmed Owen's alive. It's not that he's the brother that's just a poorly written line, I guess, or poorly edited or acted or delivered or whatever. I guess we were, you know, I think that was Wes who pointed it out. Wes is right that it's not. It's just a weird, it's an awkwardly delivered line. I don't know. Yeah, we've had a lot of confirmation that we weren't the only ones confused by it for whatever reason. Right. And Owen's still alive. So, Is there any other news that we did not talk about? that you can remember that we shared because I looked on Facebook no. I didn't see anything else but no that was it okay so I'm going to go on to Google for top for uh, rock the vote I'm going to search Dwayne Johnson president is he running for office no there's a thing scary. on Inc the rock for president how Dwayne Johnson's leadership model could create a new blueprint for political ooh. campaigns ooh sounds interesting a new article from the Sun two days ago says will Dwayne the rock Johnson's marriage see him take on an ultimate role as US president <laughs> Hopefully. I don't know. And then I'm going to search just The Rock president. 21 days ago on Jimmy Fallon, Dwayne The Rock Johnson stokes rumors of presidential run on Fallon. So it's it, it was a, it's sort it of hasn't a, died. a goofy idea, but it's still it's still out there. Yeah, it hasn't died. We we have a chance. He could be the president. He sure could. Mr. The Rock. Mr. The Rock. Can you imagine like him like shaking hands with like any small leader from another country? Because he'd just be massive, right? Yeah. So, like, he would just have this, like, huge hand and be like, oh, oh, oh. All right, Joe, let us do, before we do the Fast and Furious Minute, let's go through the necklace watch. The necklace is very important in this movie, but it's not... Very important. There's not a lot of movement, I would say. Not a lot of movement at all. Movie starts out, necklace around Dom's neck. In Cuba, he's wearing it. Yep, he has it for, like, the whole first part of the movie. After Cypher contacts him, and we don't know what he's doing, he gets the call from Hobbs. We see him soldering. He's got the necklace hanging. What we don't know at that point, what we know later, is that he inserts the GPS tracking chip in there. Yes, because he's already ahead of the game. He's planning. Puts it back on his neck. He goes around. When he gets to Elena's cell, he hangs it sort of as a symbol of, like, you know, this is our symbol or whatever. Although, I didn't think about this till just this minute, but... Go ahead. You're going to say it. Obviously, there's a reason, right, like that he's using it there because that's what's tracking it, whatever. But I'm also thinking, like, this is his wedding ring with Letty. Oh, hey, he's baby mama. Mistress. Here's the necklace yeah. that is my wife's wedding ring. Little, little weird. But I mean, it's multifaceted. It, it means something greater than just the wedding. It means Letty. It means family. It means love. So, like, I get it in that sense. But also at the same time, like, you know, if you gave away your wife's engagement ring to someone else, you'd be like, what a shithead. Yeah. You know. We see that Deckard takes it. 
because Cypher's basically, how'd you do this? And he just shows, and he's like, oh, clever, clever. Does Decker give the necklace to him on the roof, or do we not see that happen? Because I don't take any more notes. I don't remember if he actually, I'm assuming that Decker doesn't keep it. I don't remember. Because obviously Decker delivers baby Brian, Brian Marcos. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if... Neither do I. We'll have to, we'll have to rewatch the end of it and uh, report back on the Italian job episode. I don't remember, but that's the journey from start to finish. It's obviously not in Hobbs and Shaw. We talked about Hattie's necklace. That's not the necklace, but... Yeah. Dom's not in there, Letty's not in there, so that's not there, but that was a... You know, we have completed our duty. You should have given it back at the, at the end, right? Like, that makes that only makes sense. It would be great if, if baby Brian is wearing it. Yeah, like, like we see him, yeah. But I think we see him, and we don't see him wearing it, so... All right, Joe, the Fast and Furious Minute, Minute 12, a minute, I... And I will explain the title of this. Mr. Police as the Snowman. find out the hard way. Oh yeah. You're brave. You're brave. They call me Hector. Got a last name too, but I can't pronounce it, so. Brian Spielman. Yeah, typical white boy name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> See that over there? That's mine. Do you have any idea what that title refers to or no? Yeah, he says like, oh, look at this snowman over here. Right, but do you know like where sort of where the title comes from? I don't know what you're hinting at. No. So there was a movie that came out two years ago called The Snowman, starring Michael Fassbender, which I think was yes, based was on a book. Yes, was it like book. the horror snowman one? Yes, which was okay. terrible. They adapted it from a book, and just it, it literally made no sense. Like how this get made, sort of up and down. Like not every episode's great. The Hobbs and Shaw episode was great. They did one recently on Drop Dead Fred, which was maybe their best episode ever. But they did one recently on The Snowman, which was one maybe their longest episode ever. And it was great because it's like, we don't know. What, like, it, it just the movie does not explain itself. Terrible movie just because, like, it's, shoot, like, it's shot beautifully. It's got loads of good actors, great source material, and just nothing comes together. The whole marketing campaign for that was, like, basically notes from the killer, The Snowman, and he just says, Mr. Police, I gave you all the clues. So I just like in this world that Brian is a cop and they call him the snowman. So Mr. Police as the snowman. Police. Mr. Police as the snowman. So in this minute, Brian looks around. He looks like he's a fish out of water. He looks like he's in over his head. Hector yeah. sees him. Hector says to his boys, like, uh, you see that guy over there? And then goes over and talks to Brian, lifts the hood. Basically the end of the minute. Yeah, it's it's very quick. This is the first time that we actually meet and get that name for Hector, who speaks his first lines. We see Ja Rule, we see Edwin. We don't know that we have, he's ever named. My only other real notable moment or notable trivia in here is that there's a... I mean, we talked about this a lot, but there's a lot of diversity here. You know, Hector's sort of Latino crew, and there's Ja Rule's yes. black crew, and then there's... There's a bunch of, like, sort of scattered white people, but there's also, like, a bunch of Asian Asians there. Crews. Yeah, like, this is, yep. like a really diverse representation of the Southern California tuner scene. Well, yeah, but it makes sense, right? Like, there was all these people there. Like, and it, like we know that these were a lot of racers that were h- hanging out in these, squ- like, areas. You know what I mean? Yep. So, Southern California is diverse, but it's cool to see them all brought together with one for one reason. In theory, 
you would think that the cars are the centerpiece of this minute, but not quite. Like, we're getting there. We're, we're getting so close. We're just, we're on the edge of it. There's three cars that we see an overhead shot of. Car Movie Database just says that they're all 92 Honda Civics. And everybody's like, yep, they're Honda Civics. We see one that's really cool that you pointed out. One of them is a blue one with a huge Mortal Kombat logo on the hood. On the back of it, it has ACC. It looks like it says ACC Automotive, but you know, it's it's a faraway shot. It's kind of hard to see. It also has Audiobon on it. And Audiobon is another one of these supplier websites that doesn't have their own website. But I found a place where you can buy a bunch of Audiobon audio, car audio equipment hmm. if okay. you want some. Then there's the white Civic next to it. That one says garage, either racing or graphics on it. I think it says garage racing. Later in the scene, Brian is standing in front of his car, and we see a shot of a car beside it. And that one says garage, and it looks like it says graphics, Okay, but we can't figure it out. And it says something like www.speed something. And Rachel and I both, like, we stopped it. We tried to look at it from a couple angles. But it's just, like, the way that Brian's sitting and the way the car is parked, that the hood just, like turns really sharply right there and it's so out of focus that you can't read it but i wish i could figure out what this website is and i'm hoping that maybe in the next shot or something we get a shot from the other side and we can see the other side of it the last one there's a darker civic it kind of looks like a midnight blue silver and red stripe and that one has a big sticker across the top that says si racing which makes sense and this is how we know that these are civics mm-hmm. because they make the civic si SI racing would make perfect sense, right? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hector's car, which we only see the hood lifted up on in this one. We later get another shot of it when he drives the Harry's. Remember to buy the parts. I need three of everything. Yep. And it definitely is a 92 Civic as well, but he has a hatch one. We can get into that when we get into that minute, but I linked to it in this one anyways, even though we only see it just with the hood, like the front, you know, headlights and the hood up. So just as a reminder, if you are a patron of ours over at patreon.com, toofastyouforever.com, you have access to the document. If you want all the nitty-gritty all the details the link is over there i love that mortal kombat logo civic like i think that's just so cool same i never noticed Very that till cool. this lab till i was like looking intently nope. it just it's super cool it's like you know the whole size of the hood it's so real too like you know somebody did this this isn't oh, yeah, like yeah, they yeah, made yeah, this yeah. for the movie it's somebody's car that they threw a giant mortal kombat logo on the front of it and that's badass the music in here we have roland by limp Bizkit continue and then we get the jaw rule song furious which i think is the holds a special place in our heart I think the first outro music on the first episode was that. We've got Hector in his white shirt and his but- plaid button-down that's unbuttoned. He's got a chain on. Can't I can't tell wish, the chain is. I, I really wish Hector had more cholo styling in this. Like, I want to see the, like, you know, flannel shirt, just top button button. Yeah. Like, super high socks, you know, shorts that are very, like, low. I wish he was more of a cholo, but that's just because, like, I really enjoy this styling. If I could get away with dressing like a cholo every day, I think it's, like, one of the coolest looks you can have. (laughs) And I would definitely do it, but I can't. I'm just too... I'm, like, not even a speck on the brown scale to to do this. So... But I, I love it. I'm jealous of it. We what? see Ja Rule from the back. He's got his blue bandana on. He's got some kind of denim jacket on. He does not look it's happy. It's a Fat Farm jacket. It's Fat Farm. All right, Fat Farm. Um, the important thing is that... Uh, wait, who, so who's wearing the Shift Gear t-shirt? One of the kids in the Asian crew. I was trying to read all the t-shirts, but again, it's like hard. Like They're either like turned or moving too fast. And also, you know that the, in extras, they tell you like to not wear like labeled clothes. Like, they don't want to distract. Right. 
from the main actors. I know. And that, also, like, interesting, you know, my if friends you wear have... brand names, they might have to clear it too, and just you know, you don't, you don't want to do that. Uh, there is an extra in the back that I want to point out that he is just wearing like a purple polo and khakis. Like he looks like he just got <laughs> off a job at like. No, he has like a name tag too. Yeah. Yeah, like, he looks like he came from work and is just hanging out there and just sort of, he's standing right behind these, like, cute girls who are, like, high-fiving and stuff. He's just, like, watching them. It's just, like, it's kind of it's kind of creepy, but it's, all, it's only creepy because we're paying such close attention. We get one of our first really close-up, not quite objectifying, but, like, this sort of pan up of a butt, or, like, a tilt up a girl's back. And she's wearing, like, this leopard print bra with, like, these red beads coming. Like, it can't be comfortable to wear... But it's sort of the uh, late '90s, early 2000s aesthetic. You know, kind of a kind of a special time for clothes, I guess. Yeah, it was like a chep- <laughs> the leopard top with like mesh and B. It was it was just everything. It yeah. was it was a lot. That's pretty much it. I mean, next minute, I think we're gonna have Dom maybe talking to Brian, right? So we're gonna we're getting there. What I was thinking, oh, I was recently on Foodie Films. The episode I think is gonna come out tomorrow. It's about support the girls, which stars Ooh. Regina Hall, which stars Nodi Denise herself. <laughs> Which I don't know if that's a compliment to her or not. Like I feel like I feel sort of weird calling her Noni Sinise, but you know, we'll roll with it for now. On that podcast at the very end, Kyle, who was on our Fast Five episode this lap, does a famous food scene where he picks out a couple scenes and you just talk about one of them. And we talked about the barbecue from this movie. Okay. The, when I saw the clip, I was like, Oh, this clip is like two minutes and seventeen seconds. We're gonna have like more than two full minutes of the Fast and Furious Minute about this one barbecue scene. Like just like thinking about that got me excited because it's just like oh like these scenes that we you know know so much like we're gonna be able to break down over yeah. multiple multiple episodes so whew. i'm excited well joe let's take a break let us bring in gwyn to talk about the fate of the furious and uh see what's going on there Episode number 45, The Fate of the Furious. This episode is brought to you by The Ocean Cleanup. By deploying a fleet of systems, The Ocean Cleanup has estimated to be able to remove 50% of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch in five years' time. The concentrated plastic will be brought back to shore for recycling and sold to B2C companies. The revenue gained will help fund the cleanup expansion to the other four ocean gyres. Oh boy. Well, thank you to theoceancleanup.com for their... uh their lovely sponsorship of this program, as we said at the top of the show. But with us right now to talk about the fate of the Furious, probably a lot about Hobbs and Shaw. So this lap, as everyone who's listening knows, this is our walk down memory chain. That through the first three laps, Joe, you and I have been tracking where the necklace is. We've been trying to figure out how it gets from point A to point Z, especially in this movie. Like, it's so important in this movie as a GPS tracker. So diligent, every episode. And then... (laughs) I think it was before last episode or before a couple episodes ago, I was like, I wonder if anybody else has done this. And I search, you know, tracking the chain or whatever, and I see, oh, someone did exactly what we did, nice and neat and compact and really effective on Yahoo. And I was like, oh, huh, we need to talk to this person. So with us tonight, a journalist who wrote for Yahoo for five years has written a bunch 
of very exciting Fast and Furious articles that we're going to pick her brain about. We have with us tonight Gwyn Watkins. Hello, Gwyn. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for doing sort of what we're doing, but publishing it to the world so the world <laughs> knows where this necklace goes. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Yahoo articles don't always uh, come up in search engines, including the Yahoo search engine, so <laughs> I'm just honestly pleased that you found it. Oh, we did. We did. So now I have a very important question. Oh, actually, it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of a two-part question. Number one, just want to get clarification that the first time you watch these movies, you watch the first six back-to-back with no breaks in between. Is that true? I did have some breaks, but I did essentially watch them all back-to-back. <sighs> I think I did it over two days. Oh, that is still... That's Aggressive. more, I think, than I've ever done. Except, except for, you know, watching it on mute, like on Christmas Day as whatever, as FX or something shows all five movies, the first five movies in a row. Whew, that is dedication. Now, my, my second question, the bigger question is what led you to this franchise? Like, we know that you've seen all eight movies, but what sort of set you down this path? Was it just because the seventh one was coming out, or why did you start watching these movies after basically 15 years of not having watched them? What sort of launched you in that direction? Yeah, honestly, I was barely aware of them, because I don't care about cars. (laughs) And I thought they were movies for car people. When I first started at Yahoo, I would do these single movie beats for movies that we thought were going to be very big. So Furious 7 was coming out, and they wanted to do like a huge package on the Fast and the Furious. So sure. I, I was like, I'll be the point person. I've never seen them. I'll just do nothing but Fast and Furious articles all week. And that's what I did. So I started with literally just watching all of them that I and catching up. And they got me a box set. Uh, and I started at the beginning and went straight through, which was <laughs> kind of a really fascinating exercise because so much time passes in between them that you start out where they're like talk, like kind of explaining what the internet is in the first yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then by the last movie, they're like, bombing things so it's hacking the world yeah Yeah. it was fun if you want to sort of track Gwyn's journey through from start to finish from the first six movies there's the article this is what it's like to watch all the Fast and Furious films for the first time but I like that you pointed out very early on that cars don't hurt people yes yeah cars are good and kind to people and then all of a sudden Tokyo Drift they're like oh no Cars can not only hurt people, but cars can kill people. Like Han dies from a car. Yeah, they seem surprisingly not dangerous. That was one of the things that surprised me a lot about the franchise. One was that cars really didn't kill people until that third franchise. And, you know, this is it was after Paul Walker's death that I started doing this. So I was kind of hyper conscious yeah. of how he had died and how it had been just like, I mean, he he. It was just like turning and hit a tree. It was something so mundane sounding. And here they're like jumping off of bridges and into the ocean and nothing bad happens to them. And then the other thing that surprised me was there was hardly any sex. Mm-hmm, it's sexualized, mm-hmm. but yeah, but there's there's not a lot of yeah. like, actual sexing going on in these movies. No, it's like a lot of like miniskirts yep. and like muscles, but not, yeah. And I thought, so that surprised me too. One thing that you noticed that you made a note of, I think either in that one or another one, was that you were paying special attention. No, it was a separate article altogether about the <laughs> the dancing people yes. in the background. Like, <laughs> yes. you're just people. What we noticed, and it was sort of a, a spin-off kind of of the first movie, is that in the first movie, there were just two women making out in the house party when Dom had... When Brian and Dom come back after Brian saves Dom from the cops, and there's just two women yep. in the living room making out. We found out that the director, Rob Cohen, just found them outside, was like, hey, we're shooting a movie. You want to come in here and just hang out and make out or whatever? And then, weirdly, or maybe not weirdly, the next like two or three movies, they all had some, like, just a couple, like, two women in the background of a scene making out. And so it was this weird confluence of like two things you were tracking sort of like kind of a lack of sex, but also a little bit like it's sexualized, but not actually sex. Yes. But then 
instead of just people dancing in the background, we were like, are there just like women making all, out the these, movies? all these movies? All these movies? I never weird. noticed that in the other ones. I definitely remember it from that first one. Like it's just in, in club scenes, like basically the same kind of scenes that you're finding weirdos dancing in the background. There's also, if you look hard enough, just two women making out. Most of the just, time. Okay, yeah. sure. It's like Where's Waldo with lesbians. <laughs> Pretty pretty much yeah one other thing that i noticed or that i wanted to make a note of i'm sort of burning through this list of observations from your things really quickly so i can stop talking about you and talk to you instead <laughs> no this is fun i i actually really enjoyed writing these articles so <laughs> and it's been a while let's like... talk about you and talk about your writing for the next hour and a half <laughs> but you wrote in the fourth one that you you made a note that your subtitles translated via con dios as oh my God. spanish which i think that i've talked about on here yes. too what I like, what I noticed <laughs> yep. this time is if you watch this one with subtitles, uh, when Roman is trying to read Russian, it says in subtitles, speaks gibberish. And I was like, mm, that's perfect. <laughs> like, not tries to speak wow. Russian, just speaks gibberish. It's true. <laughs> he just makes weird Russian sounding noises. I think the only other one that I want to pay special attention to, and then I Joe, I'm one. sure you have lots of thoughts about the Catholicism Ugh. one, but I like that you made a note that you were surprised at how complicated and complex and sort of rewarding Giselle's backstory is because you had referred to her just for an entire movie as Hot Girl. Well, I don't know if yep. you knew this, but in all of four, she does not have a name. You watch an entire movie. Oh, well, movie, that she's explains not even it. Named. <laughs> That explains it. So it's not like you're not observant. They just don't name somebody who's probably like the third or fourth biggest person. Like, you know, they, they, she's got a lines. lot of lines yeah. and parts in that movie. They just never give her a name. It's not until five that she's actually named Giselle. But it's, yeah, let's let's not name her. She can just be hot girl to everyone. <laughs> That's amazing. There, I mean, there are quite a few movies that have like one female character who doesn't have a name. It's actually not that rare. Yeah, I did not realize that she literally didn't have a name. I definitely wrote her down as yep. hot girl in my notes because I, I figured I just hadn't caught it. It's <laughs> a good move. <laughs> On the topic of Wonder Woman, did I read your thing right? Did you did you think that Gina Carana would make a better Wonder Woman than Gal Gadot? I did at the time, yes. Oof. You know, based on what I'd seen from them. I don't think I'd seen Gal Gadot in anything but this. Well, this was her this was her film debut, so there's nothing okay. before this. So I think there's, you know, there's a couple things after maybe, but like this is where she broke onto the screen, broke on the scene, and yeah. I could see Gina Carano. I think I mean I think now that we know what Gal is like as Wonder Woman, I think it's great, but I could also see Gina Carano as Wonder Woman for sure. Yeah, I mean I think Gal Gadot is a wonderful Wonder Woman. Like I take it all back now that I've seen the movie. I thought she was amazing. But Gina Carano is like an actual action hero. Yeah. So yeah, if you'd asked me then which made more sense, uh, I thought it was a no brainer. It should be Gina Carano. Yeah, makes cool. sense. Joe, what did you, you? I know you made some notes on her her writing Just too. Just same article. You know, you're watching them for the first time, and you made a point that I hadn't really thought about before. Is that you said that um, Sean talks about how he became, he became addicted to racing after he beat a rich kid who challenged him. It seems that like the whole like foundation of the franchise is that street racing destroys class classes yes and that the one percent can't win against them because you know like they know how to fix and soup up their cars as opposed to just buying an expensive fast car and it's like it was just a really interesting perspective that like i hadn't thought about before and like i was like thinking back when i read that because i was like this makes perfect sense in my head and then you see you know in the first one brian and dom race the ferrari so we get it in the first one there then you have it 
definitely in three where they're like tuning all their cars to race. And it, it was just a great point. And I, I loved it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I actually, you know, and that's something I miss in the newer movies, honestly. Yep. I, it was actually really interesting because the heroes were always these working class guys and their heroics came from their knowledge of these cars because they worked with these cars and they needed these cars. They weren't just these like play things that they took out on weekends. And now, you know, they're all rich and they're all basically James Bond. Yep. And so that part is gone. And I, I like that because it, it made it really easy to root for them. They're the common man, right? Like, so this is what's so right. relatable about it. And now as we've like, we're attached to them character wise, but they've become like way beyond the scope of what I think anybody's relatable to them now. Fast Five is my favorite. That one strikes the best balance between that's But that was the first one where they kind of introduced the James Bondy sort of stuff. Yep. And it mm-hmm. seemed like a real stretch, but it was so much fun the way they did it. And they tied it into everyone's background as mechanics and street racers. Uh, and I thought that it worked really well in that one. And then I thought it so- kind of started getting away from them. This is funny that. you have this perspective, considering you said you're not like a car person. And you're saying that it's starting to get away from them as they become more action-y. But the car ones are the ones you're resonating towards. It's really it's really interesting. <laughs> it's true. One of our listeners has coined the term Automancer, which I think he took from D&D. But basically, as as they touch cars, they power up. And I think it is uh-huh. weird that, like, sort of as the cars become less important in the franchise, they sort of become more superpowered. So it's sort of like a weird dichotomy there. But Joe's right. Like, there's sort of a divide. The people, I think, who listen to this and who are going to love most of these movies, but it feels like there's a real split between the car movies, which are the early ones, and the action ones. And it feels like you don't care about the car. So I agree. Like, it's, it's kind of. I like it, but it's sort of strange that you more enjoy the car movies, even though you, that wasn't that's sort of what kept you away. So who knows? Who can say in yeah. this wacky family we call our family? I think it's because I mean, when you're when you write about entertainment for a living, you're always looking for something that's a little different than everything else you see because you see so much, you spot the patterns and the yeah. cliches, yeah. and and you have less tolerance for them than people who just mm-hmm. watch a movie once in a while. The emphasis on the cars and street racing made the first movie kind of distinctive. I'd never really seen that before. I like superhero movies. I like James Bond movies, but the franchise is a little less unique now that they've gone down that path. Fair. Yeah, it's blockbusters. They're making blockbusters now. They're all superheroes, and it's very similar. Like, I still love them, but you're right. It's it's become more mainstream. So while we are talking about the franchise as a whole, I think you said that Fast Five is your favorite. Can you rank the nine movies? Do you have a ranking for your favorite and your least favorite in the Fast and Furious movies? Oh, geez. I have not thought about it at all. I think my second favorite's the first one. Fair, yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, th- this is the other problem with watching them all in a row <laughs> is that they do sort of blend together. Yes. I think mm-hmm. my third favorite is Tokyo Drift, though. Nice. We love okay. Tokyo Very Drift. Cool. Big fans here. Yeah, and beyond that, I'm not really sure how I'd rank them, honestly. Do you guys have a have, have a top and a bottom? We've gotten about 30 different people, their, their rankings, and it seems like pretty much the consensus number one by a lot is yeah. five. Uh, people really, really love five. This one, Fate of the Furious, is last. It's not super far behind the fourth one, but this one is the is sort of the least least popular, the least liked of all of them. So I guess the, the easier question, maybe, you just saw Hobbs and Shaw, you just, you know, we're talking about this one tonight. Where do these two fall? Are they 
closer to the top or closer to the bottom? Are you are the sort of as we transition more into action and hacking and sort of sci-fi, where do they fall in relation for you and in, in relation to the rest of the movies? That's a good question. I thought that doing a spin-off of Hobbs and Shaw was a genius idea. I thought they were the perfect characters to take out and do their own thing with, uh, particularly the Shaw family. Jason Statham and uh, Dwayne Johnson are actors that I will watch do anything and I'll be entertained. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. As for the film itself, honestly, I thought could have been a little better. I wish that they had found a way to make those characters more antagonistic towards each other than they were. If they had found a way to pit them, actually pit them against each other for at least the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought it put them in this weird position where they're on the same side, but they're kind of, they're sort of like fighting like siblings. Um, And it was more interesting when they were actually fighting. But I really loved the part in Samoa. Same. Yes. I thought that whole sequence was fantastic and original and just really, really cool. And kind of going back to the spirit of those early movies where they had to rely on their car mechanic knowledge and use the materials that they had to defeat these rich guys. It's one of the first reversions we see back to where they didn't have all the tools, right? Like we've been building up and they've been getting, you know, more and more God's eye, crazy equipment, EMPs, whatever. This is definitely one of the first times where they had to improvise and MacGyver it in Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. So now before we talk about the fate of the furious, I have some either or questions. There's no wrong answers. (laughs) Okay. Just sort of getting a sense of who you are before we talk about you, before we get your your opinions kind of on the franchise, even though we've read a, a lot of what you've written, would you consider yourself more of a Brian or a Dom? Probably a Brian. Okay. Though I kind of hate to say that. You gotta go with your gut. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm good at my job, so maybe a Dom. Because <laughs> Brian is definitely not. But we've had this argument so many times. Like Brian is the worst cop ever. He's a terrible He's cop. The worst. He's so bad at it. He just lets all the criminals go. He's like always fucking up. Now, on a sort of a related note, in a way, would you consider yourself more of a Mia or a Letty? A Mia. I'm more of a Mia. Just motherly. Okay. Mother, you're holding it. Di- you're yeah, holding it together. I'm a mom. I'm all about the family. Yeah. Yeah. I just want everyone to be safe and eat dinner. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, in relation to this movie, especially because they, they have a big part in this movie, more of a Roman or a Tej. <laughs> I love Roman because he's always eating. Same. He's hungry. Mm, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's his main characteristic. Like he he takes his shirt off and he eats. So, so true. I might I might have to go with Roman. I really love when you said that you think that his improv technique is just to take his shirt off and start eating because it makes so much sense too <laughs> that they're like that um John Singleton said that he like had them improv a lot of too and Roman's always shirtless and eating in it. So you just say like yeah, that that's like his just go they're like just do something and he's like okay, cool and just like takes his shirt off and starts it's a great it's a great image i just imagine john singleton being like okay go deep into your character what do you want and he's like i really want a sandwich yeah, exactly now in relation to the newest movie that came out hobbs and shaw would you say that you are more of a hobbs or are you more of a shaw which of those two guys two two tough bald-headed men do you more align with hobbs or shaw well i'm a lot like both of them Ooh, uh okay <laughs> I'm going to go with Shaw. Okay. Calculated, okay. Yeah. Now, this is sort of, we're, we're getting away from the characters now. In terms of cars, I know you're not necessarily crazy about cars, but do you prefer American muscle or imports or tuners? I really wish I had an opinion on this. <laughs> I, 
like the extent to which I do not care about cars is baffling to members of my family. I want them to take me from one place to another, and beyond that, so Japanese cars, I obviously never think about them. <laughs> I'll just say I'll I'll write down no cars. I'll just say no, <laughs> no cars. cars. Yeah, taking the train. This might be the movie with the least prevalence of this, but in terms of beer, in terms of your preference here, are you more of a Corona? Or a Belgian ale fan? You know, I can't drink beer anymore because I found out that I have celiac and I can't oh, have gluten. Sorry. And I sorry miss about it. That. Yeah. Yes, it would have been uh, Belgian ales, I think. Okay. Nice. That's one of the ones that, like, there's, you know, Joe and I both like crazier, fancier, wackier beer, but. You know, I think in in this world, there's, there's no wrong answer, but you got to you got to toast the Coronas, the family. Yeah. So I do like Corona. I like that you can stick a lime in it. Yeah, it's simple man. Now, Gwyn, we are out doing a job. We are you know going to steal either a nuclear football, like an atomic football, DVD players, or ten million dollars, DVD, DVD players, players, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever stake, stakes you want to say. Are you a racer or are you a designer? Are you with us driving a car or are you back in HQ? Are you the man in the chair? Oh no, I'm the man in the chair. All right. Yeah. I had a, I had a feeling that was coming, but I just wanted to sort of confirm <laughs> yeah. that. Now we successfully steal those DVD players. We sell them all for three hundred dollars. We've got a fat stack of cash. We're going to Macau. We're going to Vegas. We're going wherever you want to go. Are you betting it all on black or are you betting it all on red? Red. Oh, okay. Interesting. We're in a little a short mini streak there. I think of four in a row with black, but that one snapped combo breaker. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Now, again, sort of the recent movies, the five, six, seven, eight movies, you are in the car. Are you more likely, are you going to want to drive into a plane or drive out of a plane, knowing that you'll be safe either way. you more likely to drive into a plane, Dom does here, or drive out of a plane like the ejecto seat in Furious 7, where they all like parachute onto the island. <laughs> I really liked that scene, so I'm going to go with drive out of a plane. Perfect. Would you have to? Would yeah. you be confident in driving out, or would you have to get like Roman shot out? Yeah, no, I'd be Roman, for sure. Yeah, oh, okay. same. I'd be like <laughs> ripping. I'd be steering. talking about what a terrible idea it was right until the moment that we launched. <laughs> I can relate. Now, this question might have not, it might seem like it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it it sort of, it relates to cars and it's uh, part of a bigger debate on the show. Is the word oil, O I L, oil, one syllable or two? Oil, I'd say one. Perfect. <laughs> Heart, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. You even throw in like a you even when you ask the question you're like is it oil? Well, this time I didn't. I felt like this was a more neutral sort of a less less of a leading I hear question it. I counselor. Hear it. That I normally, I know you hear, but you also hear what you want to hear. Okay, specifically tied to this movie, this is sort of a morbid question. I apologize in advance. If you were to die, would you rather die in a fiery explosion or by drowning in icy water? Both happened in this movie, but are you rather going to be engulfed in flames or plunged under the cold water and drowned down there? Yeah, there's not really a good choice there. I'm going to go with the water. Yeah, cold water, just out. Another question inspired by this movie, no context... Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight? See, the thing is, I'm not a big fan of The Dark Knight. Yeah, okay. a lot of people aren't. Less of a fan of Revenge of the Nerds. So. <laughs> <laughs> you could say neither. You could make up your own answer. There's no, yeah. you know, or you could just say, what's my last name? There's there's a, there's a an option three here, I guess. <laughs> it's sort of a, yeah, they, they both have their drinks. Uh, I think I would go with Dark Knight. Okay. You, where the three of us are out on a job. Just remember, like back in Furious Seven, where you know they have to steal the car from the high rise and they're driving from building to building. We need you to distract the room. We need you to go to the front of the room. We need to. We need you to sort of make an entire room forget that we're Shine there. Shine like the star you are. Exactly. You have to sing a karaoke song. What karaoke song are you singing to distract this room? Total Eclipse of the Heart. 
Good choice, mm, Bonnie Tyler. Perfect. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. I sing that song all the time. Rachel gets mad at me because I take, she gets, she, uh, so when we drink and play this song, we'll sing it as a duet. But I like all the Bonnie Tyler parts. And she gets stuck with the meatloaf parts, and she gets mad about that. <laughs> and she says that I steal all the good parts in the duets. And I'm sorry about that, but just gotta let it let God let it ring free, you know, shine bright like the star that I am. I can't imagine you two being combative while you're drunk. I can't, <laughs> I can't picture that at all. We always argue about the dumbest shit when we're drunk. That's what the joke Joey's making is. So, all right, Gwyn. Final question. I think I might know the answer, but do you have a favorite character in the franchise? Do I have a favorite character? I really like Deckard Shaw. Ooh, okay. I I really I'm a Jason Statham fan. I thought he was a cool contrast to the other characters. Yeah. I do have affection for Roman. I miss Han a lot, actually. A lot of people say Han, yeah. 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 I think his absence is kind of notable. Yeah, those are the ones that come to mind. It's a good lineup. Nobody really says Shaw, but with really? Han and Shaw coming out, yeah, yeah, nobody, because everybody's kind of still mad at him for killing Han. So yeah, I'm. Bu- well, I don't see. Are we sure that Han is dead? Like, I, I no longer believe that anybody actually dies in this franchise. So <laughs> that's the point we're getting to. Yeah, we're yeah. like, we don't know, but 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 I I make the argument that if Han isn't dead. And then Giselle was just, like, avoiding him. Well, somebody said that, maybe, what if Giselle was not dead? And I was like, if Giselle was avoiding him for, like, a year, for no reason, be sad. Plus, they're all, like, kind of mad at Shaw. I think, I think Hans maybe he's probably dead. He, like, we saw a body. Like, he's, he's pretty dead. So there was a theory on how did this get made that was not their theory. It was one that they heard somewhere else. Okay. But the theory was that Han was the first cybernetically enhanced human. That before there was Brixton, they sort of saved and they rescued Han from that burning car. And they sort of pumped him full of steel and pumped him full of lead and made him the superhuman that he is. And so that would be cool. Because when I, when I emailed Gwen, I said, did you see Hobbs and Shaw? And she said, yes. Is the voice Han? I want it to be Han. Ooh. And I think, Gwen, how would you feel about that if Han was the first cybernetically in, en- enhanced and engineered human that before Bricks and there was Han? Like, is he the ideal voice in your head? They've gone so far off the rails in terms of any kind of realism. I didn't realize Idris Elba was going to play a literal cyborg <laughs> in Hobbs and Black Shaw. Superman, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've already gone there. Sure. You know, if it's going to bring him back to the franchise, then he can be half robot, half manatee, whatever. <laughs> half manatee. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love it. He lives in a tank of water now. They yeah. Just, like, they have to drive the water around. I think an undersea installment would, would be great. Yeah, I would love Under, it. Yeah, dude, underwater. We have to get There has to be like a boat Fast and the Furious at some point. We already have too fast. But, they, but a, it wasn't like fast firm. Yep, they've done water. trains. They've done planes. Not, not really so much boats. There was a boat in two. Yeah. Yeah. We've been boat adjacent and plane adjacent, but we haven't really had either of those as a sole focus. So yeah, they they could both be coming. Who knows? Yeah. Even a train one. We could get more of and just do full train, you know? Yeah. So now to kick off the conversation about Fate of the Furious, Gwyn, because this is our trip down memory chain and because this is all about how much that, that chain means to the family and about how the memory they sort of the, the necklace brings the memory back to Letty. Yep. And Letty uses the necklace to literally bring Dom back to life. The first question we're asking, the, the way we're going to kick off the conversation, when you think of Fate of the Furious, what's the first thing that you think of? Is it a scene? Is it a moment? Is it a character? Is it a feeling? When you think about this movie, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Uh, Charlize Theron. Yeah. 
Yeah. I do I love a good villain, which is which is why I picked Shaw as my favorite character. And I do think she was a very good villain. You do? Okay. I do. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because we're not so sure about it. We're we're hoping that it elucidates a little bit further in like nine. Yes. I have I have some interesting takes this time watching it after Hobbs and Shaw, but go ahead. But I remember liking how calculated she was and how like her relationship with the technology in Fair. contrast to Dom, uh, yeah, who would okay. never think to solve problems that way. Definitely not early on. He's just like all guts, no thoughts, you know? Although in this one, he does, like I, what I love about, so in this one, he uses the necklace. The real, the real crux of the necklace in this one is that he implants the GPS tracking chip that lets the Shaw brothers find the plane, board the plane, save the baby, right? I like that he had the tech and the planning wherewithal and foresight to not only give the GPS watch to Mama Shaw to give them to the to give to Deckard, but he also preloaded it with the chipmunks music. Because he uses the watch <laughs> to oh, raise I the volume. I didn't even ever connect those two things until like, you just said it. I never thought about it until just tonight, but I love the idea that Dom is like, okay, cool. So we got the he's gonna go through the checklist. He's like, okay, got the necklace there, yep. got the GPS yep. tracker on the chip. Got the watch paired to the necklace. Oh, shit. Okay, MP3. He's got to put the Alvin and the Chipmunks on there because he's going to have to put the baby because we don't want the baby to hear gunshots. Like, it has two purposes. (laughs) GPS tracking and Alvin and the Chipmunks. And And I just, I think that is so, yeah, so cute and so sweet. Dom has a little bit of technical expertise. He knows iTunes and he knows GPS and that's it. He does. That's true. I didn't even think about these things. So you just brought it up. That's genius. Yeah. Because for for a little bit of background, uh, our friend Mike Manzi, who was on an entire lap of this with us, Gwen, he and I did a, a podcast about Charlize Theron. So we watched like all 50 of her movies and we talked about all of them. And when we heard that she was joining this franchise that we all love so much, yep. we got so excited. And then when we saw it, we were just like, oh, because it feels like it takes it in a different direction. But like Joe was saying, it's a setup movie. Knowing that she's going to come back in nine and knowing that Hobbs and Shaw sort of plays in, like I'm convinced that the voice in Hobbs and Shaw is Cypher. Because I think that there's like a bunch of reasons. I think especially in this one, knowing that Cypher... Like, what do they say about her in this movie? That they say something like she has the ability to control... Ramsey thinks she's a group of people. She doesn't think she's one person, which I noticed this time after seeing Hobbs and Shaw, that she says, like, no, Cypher's a group of people. And they're like, no, but it's just this one one woman. Yeah, Ramsey says she can manipulate world systems from the shadows. I was like, oh, like the news, like they do in that one. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. I'm of the mind that Charlize is that, and I feel like... As much as we don't like her in this, I think that if they round her into a more fully fleshed villain, because I think the Colonel is there for a, a, a fun bad guy, I just wasn't necessarily super thrilled with where they wound up with her in this franchise, in this, in this movie yes. in particular. Yeah, I get that. I think it. I think her character has potential. I mean, she's such an amazing actress and so fun to watch. She has the same kind of big personality that Vin Diesel or Dwayne Johnson has in her own way. But I'm with you in just the general pointing the franchise more toward big technology and CGI things is, uh, you know, I don't, I don't care for that direction. And she's certainly contributing to that. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I think that they kind of rein her in in this one. We've seen her be a great actress and play bigger, like more robust character-wise roles. And she plays like kind of toned down, which like, we always talk about, is this the character is just like kind of shielded 
is kind of introverted because, you know, she's like super hacker like this? Or why did they rein her back and not let her be more of a character? Yeah, I have a guess as to why. Why? I think Vin Diesel doesn't like anybody to upstage him. Very true. And I think that has a lot of influence over uh, how the story and the characters of those movies that star him played out. Yeah, in addition to reading all of your Fast and Furious things today, I also read that recent piece from the Washington or from the uh, from the Washington Post, or maybe it was the Wall Street. No, it's the Wall Street Journal, I think. Like Vin Diesel's sister, who's a producer on these, like literally counts yeah. the punches, and they all have contracts and are the writers in their contracts to make sure that they don't look weaker than and then a lot of these fights and a lot of the conflicts and everything in these movies just stop like there's not a winner or a loser because neither of them can lose and i think that on the one hand while that's it's frustrating in a few different ways like in terms of writing something that feels realistic and writing something that like there's actually a winner and a loser i kind of like the idea like i was thinking as you know there's that prison break right and like there's there's a reason that they don't fight because the prison break happens and there's just you know everything goes haywire like you, you can't even have hobbs or shaw lose there but i kind of like the two of them just being like ruthless double alphas just going through and like beating shit up like i just feel like as frustrating as that can be it, it kind of does sometimes sort of have a benefit? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very strange. I'm not surprised that actors are putting that in their contracts. I think it's terrible for storytelling. And I also think it's a little weird, honestly, because if you think about the history of action movies or fighting movies, your hero has to get to their lowest point before they can triumph. That's just how the story goes. You have to think that they're beaten. So they do have to look weak at a point. Uh, I mean, if you think of like any Jackie Chan movie, any Jackie Chan fight, there's a moment where you're like, oh, he's not getting up. And then he and it's so satisfying when he does. Yeah. I don't know. I think that they're only hurting themselves if they're not letting themselves go there. It's comforting to the audience to know that like your heroes aren't going to lose. But at the same time, it kind of removes some of the like what ifs. You know, like in the back of your brain, like you know that they're never going to lose, right? But if right. if you can't even watch them begin to lose on screen, then it's like, eh. It's, that's when they're not people anymore. That's when they're superheroes. Exactly. Yeah, which we are rocketing toward a future where, we're there, where everybody's a superhero. Yep. And that the only way, the only way that like people are going like, to lose is by introducing new people that we don't care about yet. Or by having them decommissioned and falling into the ocean. So what else about this movie, Queen? Or what else about the franchise? What else about this? Like, after watching so many of the movies back-to-back and then having seen 7 and 8 and Hobbs and Shaw, what about the movies? Like, is this... Are you now looking... Like, do you look forward to new releases? Or are you sort of like, that chapter of my life is over? I did that one binge. You know, I've seen the one since. But I feel like... Like, where do you fall? Like, is this something that you really enjoy? Or just sort of a... It was a fun project, and that's kind of where, where it is. I wouldn't consider myself a super fan. I would watch Fast Five again for fun, probably, and maybe the first one, maybe Tokyo Drift, but I haven't revisited any of them so far. In terms of the new ones, I wasn't super excited about Fate of the Furious. Okay. I guess I thought Furious 7 was a little bit of a letdown, so I wasn't sure about 8, and I didn't think 8 was that great. I was excited about Hobbs and Shaw, because I liked the idea of it going in a new direction. But I'm not sure they totally embraced that idea of going in a new direction. So I had a theory that they gave us as much as they could as a spinoff, because we know that they're making, like, another Hobbs and Shaw and different spinoffs. Like, they had to, like, break us into it easy. And, like, you pointing out that they had to go back to the MacGyvery kind of old-school weapony ways, I think c- kind of ties into this, that we had to, like... Joey said, why couldn't they have just gotten together? Because they had to get together. 
And I was like, no, they needed to save the world because that's the only way they would come together. And like, we have to start, if you're coming off eight where they have to save the world, we have to start at saving the world and we can kind of turn this into a buddy cop movie, but it has to de-escalate. Like it can't just come straight from like the bottom because then it would seem really disjointed. They were just like, oh yeah, we have to like go, you know, fix a car or something. You'd be like, that's not what you're doing. Like, why would they call you two guys? Like you have to save the world and then they can kind of like tone it down and get us back to where we were. So you're thinking that Hobbs and Shaw is like a super team origin story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be like that. But I think that the next, like the next one can be something simpler. Like they just have to like catch a bad guy. You know what I mean? But they had to like save the world in the first one because they had to bring them together and the stakes had to be really high to get them together. And then, like, now that we've adopted it and we're like, okay, they're kind of a team and they're friendly now, now they can go back and just, like, do normal buddy cop stuff. Yeah, I still think making them buddy cops was a mistake. I really think they should be enemies. You want them still to just be firmly enemies? I think they should be enemies with, like, the occasional breakthrough where they have to work together and then they should go back to being enemies. I think it's more fun that way. Kate, who was our guest last time, she had a very similar complaint. She said that... You know, she didn't like how them being together and them just arguing and like not fighting was a thing. And she said she wants Shaw to go full bad guy again. So she said that she wants in Hobbs and Shaw 2 for Shaw to just completely revert and go full bad guy and turn on the rock and just like totally fuck him and just like start over and like, you know, have them split completely. And this would lead into your like their enemies again. Yeah, I, I agree. And I was hoping they would do that. I mean, it makes sense. He's got this whole crime family now. I love the idea of Helen Mirren being one of the villains and having a bigger role. I guess his brother is dead. No, he's not. We talked about this. Oh, he's not dead? I couldn't even remember whether he died or not. Well, so that's the weird part. In this movie, he's alive at the end, but in Hobbs and Shaw, they basically treat him like he's not. He doesn't exist. Which is, I I know that they sort of retrofit things, but in this movie, and Joe, I'm sure you were watching the same way, they basically act this entire movie like Hattie is not a person. Because, like, when Dom meets with Helen Mirren, and she's like, you took everything that means anything to me, and I think that she's talking about, like, Owen is in in the hospital, and Deckard is blah, blah, blah. She keeps saying things that, like, just implies that Hattie does not exist. It's like, well... Like, I understand, like, I love Hattie. I love that new character. But still, at the same time, like, sort of kind of sprinkle something. And, like, I don't, it just feels so definitive that, like, she's not a person. But I don't know. They they just didn't know that Hattie was going to exist is what it was. Right. They totally didn't. And, like, it's hard to retcon it to be, like, you know, Helen Mirren had, like, hinted that there's a daughter. Like, she just had two sons, and, and he fucked up the two sons, so... Yeah, this is what was happening. Yeah, they, they sort of established their own new reality with <laughs> every, every movie. movie. It happens every movie. Every yep, movie. Exactly. Yep. Um, and it's funny because I, I did this interview with Luke Evans right before Fate of the Furious came out and nobody knew he was in it yet. And I asked if he was going to be in it. Uh, and he gave me like this coy answer, but he, it was basically, basically told me he was going to be in it. And then told me that Helen Mirren was his mom, which also nobody knew oh, God. at the time. <laughs> he was promoting Beauty and the Beast, and I think he was very tired. He's, he's lovely. I really like him. But, um, <laughs> but it, w- it was funny. The interview was not even about Fate of the Furious. And all of a sudden, I had all this Fate of the Furious scoop. Then he was just, just dumping on you. That's awesome. So so you you were interviewing him for Beauty and the Beast. I read like part of this yes. article. Yeah, so that's what happened. And he was just like, just kind of like dazed and confused, you think, a little bit. Like he was just like a little sleepy and just started like spilling all the Fate of the Furious beans to you. <laughs> I think, or maybe he was just tired of talking about Beauty and the Beast and was like happy to talk about a different movie. So did you bring it up or did he, like, how did it get there? I brought it up. 
I mean, I was trying to get something out of him, but I didn't know if it would work. Oh, God, that's so awesome. Because that was really funny to read, because you're like, it's this article about how Helen Mirren's his mom and all this different stuff. And then at the very bottom, it's like, Beauty and the Beast opens in March, and this opens in May. <laughs> yep. Just like, well, yeah. wait, what? Like, where? where? Well, okay. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. Cool. Makes total sense. It's really too bad the video is not online anymore, because it was a very <laughs> Yeah, interview. I mean, yeah, I guess time is time is not kind to any of us, especially Did you do, like, internet, a sit-down where... interview with him, or did you, like, phone him? No, I did. I've, I've actually interviewed him on video a couple times now, just Damn. coincidentally. He's a lot of fun. And so that was a Facebook Live interview, oh, okay. which is something Yahoo used to do that nobody really does that anymore. But yes, it was, a, it was a live interview being broadcast on Facebook, and people would send in questions on an iPad that I was holding, and I'd do sense. a mixture of my questions and fan questions. That's really cool. So that's cool that you got to meet him and talk to him. And I mean, there's conflicting things, and we saw Hobbs and Shaw, and he says, you know, you killed my brother, but they came out and said that, no, he's still alive, so hopefully we get him in nine, and hopefully you can... Call Hopefully. him up and get some scoop for us. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. I, I like that he's always the hot villain and everything. Yeah, I think yeah. I think he that's plays a good, good gig hot to have. villain. That's he a does. good way. Yeah, he, he's a great actor. He doesn't just play that, but I think that if you're going to get typecast as something, that's a pretty cool thing to get typecast. Oh as. yeah. If I want to be anybody, like if they're like, oh, we need a hot villain, and they like call you, you'd be like, yeah, that's exactly exactly. Right. So there is a big thing that I need to sort of offer. I guess there's two corrections I need to offer, Joe, to the podcast, okay. the podcast community, to you, to our listeners. Okay. Number one, and I'm surprised that nobody has written in because I think multiple times we've asked why in this movie the guy that he races in Cuba is there, but. Rico and Tego are nowhere to be found. But, but Rico, Rico and Tego are there. Just for a split second, they're there. We've said multiple times, like, oh yeah, they're not there. And we've both been like, oh yeah, like, where are they? And no one's ever written in, but they're the guys in the police uniform that, or the, the paramedics or whatever, yep. that put Shaw in the ambulance. So apologies all around, especially to Rico and Tego. Yeah, but they're only in it for a split second. This is a two and a half hour movie. And yes. it's all action the whole time with 300 characters. So it's like... Number two, we talked about, I think with... Kate, or maybe a couple... No, I think with Kate, Okay, we were talking about how I googled Ramsey. I googled Natalie Emanuel and she plays Megan Ramsey. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's weird. We never knew her first name. But at the end of this movie, she quizzes the... The answer she... Or the question she asks... Tej and Roman is what's my last name? Yes. Is it Ramsey? Yeah. She's just even fucking with them even harder. It makes the joke <laughs> okay. even better. Because she's like, what's my last name? And they're like, uh, we don't know. And Ramsey is her last name. And they know her as Ramsey. That's why it's so funny. But I mean, that's, it shouldn't because they, they call Hobbs Hobbs. They call, like, it just, it feels like it's not super alien. Maybe they're just dumb and love struck. I don't know. But I was like, what is going on no, here? Just, like, it's, it's just a foreign name to... English speakers, you know what I mean? So Ramsey could be a first name, it could be a last name. I have a, I have a, so I have a question for both of you, and this is, I don't know that we actually have a definitive answer, because I feel like a couple episodes ago when Wes wrote in that explainer of the timeline of these movies, Yes. at the end of this movie, you know, Mr. Nobody's on the roof, and he's talking to Hobbs, and he's like, you know, I need you for another mission, and Hobbs looks at his daughter, and he's like, you know, I think I'm going to sit this one out, I think I'm going to stay, spend some time at home. Then here we are. Hobbs and Shaw, which comes out two years later in theaters, and he's back at work. Like, how much time elapsed, do you think, between this movie and Hobbs and Shaw that was enough to sort of... Because it seems like his daughter is totally fine now with him going on missions again in Hobbs and Shaw. Like, how much time do you think is between these two movies that she's okay with daddy going back to work. Okay, I don't remember her age in the last movie. Was it the same actress? Was she younger? Totally different it. actress. Yeah. Okay, because yep. I feel like that's the key is how old the daughter is. She looks about the same age, though. Yeah, I was I was thinking maybe like a year. I was going to say character-wise that we know that Hobbs is such a hard worker 
that he probably took a maximum of about two to three months off before yeah. he started to get bored, and he probably went back to work at his normal Save the World job until they needed him for the Hobbs and Shaw Save the World job, and that's when they called him back. And as usual, the time that happens in the movies is the time in real life. Time always kind of separates by how much time has passed between the movies, too. So I think it's two years, but he probably went back to work. Like, he, he probably took, like, you know, like a nice breather, long summer, hung out with his daughter. She goes back to school. He goes back to work. Yeah, I don't see him as much of a stay-at-home dad. I like envisioning a world in which they <laughs> sort of, like, alien swap. Like, you know, there's also some, like, weird things happening in this world, but, like, they he literally swaps out his daughter for another daughter. Not that he would, because he loves his family. <laughs> but just, like, he gets a daughter who's okay with her dad being at work all the time, and she's, like, so <laughs> cheerful. Like, I get that you like playing soccer. Like, we have a bond here, but, like, daddy's got to go to work. And, like, if you're not going to work with me... He just, like, trades her in? Yeah, just for <laughs> another daughter who's also of Samoan heritage. Yeah. And, you know, which is... But this one is okay video chatting with him as opposed to being with her you know at home i don't know yeah that would be great if they did what if there what if there was like a legit alien swap like what if cypher swapped his daughters and and then mind melded him and they forgot about it Ooh, there's oof and then men in black becomes canon in the fastiverse so now Gwen, i feel like i feel like these recent episodes that we've done like on six before we recorded the one this lap about six right before we saw hobbs and shaw then since we saw it, we've talked about seven and now eight. So I feel like we're in a weird kind of nexus where it's we're talking about the movies, but also sort of talking about the future. Knowing roughly where this story ends and knowing what happens in Hobbs and Shaw, where do you think the franchise goes from here? Do you see a world in which, because Joe and I are two very different minds here, do you see a world in which Hobbs and Shaw are ever back in the main franchise again, or are they permanently on their own path like where do you see over the next two kind of main entries the inevitable seemingly Hobbs and Shaw 2 and then maybe the Nine. female spinoff too where do you think that this goes from here where do we go in terms of story but also like how do we make things crazier I think we're establishing Hobbs and Shaw as kind of their own team they have all those other players in there you know we saw Kevin Hart for a minute and Ryan Reynolds and I, I mean I think those guys are all going to form their equivalent team to the original family. team yeah they're all their family. family i don't see them being quite as family but i would imagine that in a couple movies they'll come together i i don't see them hopping back into the next installment i'm with you no that's i'm firmly with you i think that they split them off i think that to build on your point i don't think that they can fold ryan reynolds and kevin hart back into the fat like into the real family now because it's already so fucking big they can't bring in more people to the family. Joey has a good point. He always says that, like, you know, well, they're going to have to close out 10. They're actually doing just 10 of these. Like, they're going to have to show up for a little bit, but I think that they'll just be, like, minute cameos, not, like, major roles in these movies. I agree with you that I don't think there's a way that you bring Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart into the main franchise. Like, I think you bring Hattie in, but I think that's maybe it. Gwen, I don't think there's a way, I don't think there's a world, as much as The Rock and Vin Diesel hate each other, I think that this franchise means too much to Vin to sort of let that kind of animosity between the actors sort of get in the way from, like, actual true resolution. Fair point, yeah. And I don't think that there's a world in which Hobbs, maybe not Shaw, but Hobbs is not in 10. That my theory of how this all links together is that I think the voice is Cypher, and I think that she's at the end, she's like, you know, you don't, you may not remember me, Hobbs. Like, we have a history, you may not remember me, but you will. And I feel like she doesn't say that to Shaw because at the end of this one, you know, she's face-to-face with the Shaw brothers. She jumps out the helicopter, she, she jumps out of her plane with the parachute. Yeah. Like, there's a real tension there. And I think that what's going to happen is whether Cypher is top of the food chain or maybe second in command, 
hopefully, fingers crossed, a Keanu. Who knows? Yeah. That I think that she's going to sort of re connect the two franchises by sort of being the main villain in Hobbs and Shaw 2 in a way leading toward the ultimate villain of the main franchise by battling her they're going to kind of come together for 10 and sort of take down the syndicate or whatever once and for all that's how I see it like I don't see a world in which you know Hobbs and Dom are just never together anymore yeah because the actors don't like each other yeah I, just I can't don't think imagine them not coming back at least for a scene Starting in seven, that's when they started kind of separating those two actors, right? Yes. Where mm-hmm. you could see, we could tell that they weren't actually shooting anything at the same time. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So they've established that they can do that. <laughs> if they really hate each other, they don't even have to be in the same room for them to ha- give them scenes together. So. Oh, so yeah, yeah. And they could put them in the same movie and have them be working on the same goal, but from like different points of the earth. Like, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Like, I don't think they're ever going to be in a car together. Like, I don't think we're going to have a McLaren where it's, you know, Hobbs and Dom together. In my mind, Ten is going to be like the Avengers, right? Like, we need everyone. Like, they're, you know, Keanu or whoever is essentially Thanos, and we need everybody's powers, everybody's smarts to sort of coalesce and take him down. I just don't think that Hobbs is gone forever. Like, I know that... You know, they might make two or three or four or five or however many Hobbs and Shaw movies, but I think he's got to cross back over in some way. Yeah, that's a fair point. I can I can see it. Gwen, do you have anything else, any other major points or thoughts about the, the movie, the franchise, or Hobbs and Shaw? I know that you sort of watched this, this maybe gave you an excuse to go see the new movie, but anything else you want to say about the franchise uh, before we play a couple of games and we see if Joe has anything else, but before we play a couple of games? I like that there's a big franchise that's not superhero-based. Even though Yet. they're kind of essentially superheroes at this point, <laughs> it has, you know, this franchise has this B-movie sensibility that I really, really like. I hope that they find a way to hang on to that. And I think that Samoa scene got a little of that back. So I would like to see more of that. Uh, as much as I would like the movies to get a little smaller, I think they will inevitably get bigger and bigger until, like you said, it's big endgame kind of thing where everybody's Space. in it. Yes, space. space. <laughs> they're running out. Yeah, they're going to run out of places to go. But yeah, it's an it's an interesting franchise. I'm glad I finally tuned into it. I think the main takeaway for me this time watching eight was watching it in retrospect. Now having seen Hobbs and Shaw and watching it for Hobbs and Shaw on this one, it did what I was hoping it would do, which is that Hobbs and Shaw made this more pivotal to the franchise. Like, the cliffhanger that we were left on when 8 just came out, like, it already feels better to me knowing that Hobbs and Shaw is out and, like, kind of connecting some of this story. And I hope that 9 can build on that and make 8 much better for us. Did you have this feeling watching it this time, Joey? This one in particular, of all of them, we want more from, right? And I feel like Hobbs and Shaw, especially in regards to 7 and 8, give these new life or sort of new hope or new angles, especially coupled with Kate's theories from last, last episode that you can sort of see where things might not exactly make sense. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So Gwen, are you ready to find out which Fast and Furious character you are? I am. All right, so Gwen, there are 20 different possible outcomes, 20 different characters that Joe and I found a quiz on Zimbio.com yep. that was basically, you know, like a teen girl magazine, like, which blank are you? And it was fun, it was cool, but we thought we could do it better. So we came up with seven questions. Each question has six answers, 20 possible outcomes. Our listener, Wes Hampton, wrote sort of flavor text character descriptions for each of the characters. So let us find out now who you are. Are you going to be one of your favorite characters? Are you going to be someone else? Question number one, Gwyn, how fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? Vespa. Okay. 
Yeah, one of the more, a good I think, uncommon answers, but I think that's I think that's a nice Somebody, nice somebody speed. said Vespa before. I forget who. Maybe Brian? That may, that would also make sense. Yeah. Hi, Brian. Question number two, Gwyn. How furious are you? So we got Fast, how furious? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one movie set that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? I don't think I've ever been as angry as Christian Bale was at that lightning guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the Hulk, sort of like a, a constant, oh. like low simmering wow, okay. anger that rises up at times okay now Gwyn, we are having a barbecue how are you helping are you manning the grill are you saying grace kicking back with a gluten-free beer are you babysitting <laughs> are you being the entertainment or are you sneaking a snack i am either manning the grill or saying grace I could do both at the same time. Let's go with saying grace. Cool. Especially since you had that entire... So I, I, I encourage our listeners to go find your likening this, like how Christian are these movies yeah. and relating Dom to Christ like yeah, is a really... A great, whew. great strong point there. I really like it. it. As a born and raised Catholic boy. I was went to Catholic a, school, went right? went to Catholic school. Yeah, I was reading that like, whew. Yeah, that was, I actually have to give credit to my editor at the time, Brian Raftery, who just wrote a book called Best Movie Year Ever about the films of 1999, uh, which is great. Oh. That article was actually his idea. He was like, these movies are just so Catholic. Can you write something about that? Oh, wow. And I was I was happy to do that because I like writing about religion and pop culture. But I thought that very that was cool. his observation and it was a very good one. I heard about that book because I realized earlier this year, I was like looking through something. And I was like, <laughs> yes. wait a minute, like 1999 was fire. That's a, that's a bonkers good year for movies like <laughs> what was, was going awesome. on it really then? Is, I have no it's idea. a great book yeah so i gotta i gotta pick that one up okay question number four you've got time to kill what are you doing are you grabbing a bite are you working in your car hanging with friends drinking a beer working out or working on your computer probably the reality is working on my computer but i'm gonna uh delude myself and say i'm hanging with friends <laughs> okay cool i That's do that fair. sometimes I like that. too. optimistic i like that i like that question number five Describe. Are are you married or are you not married? I am married. So okay. So then let's let's look. Let's think back to your but wedding. But this can be. But this can be a gut reaction. It doesn't need to be your. It doesn't have to wedding. be. But yeah, it could be whatever yes. you want it to be. Because this is sort of this personality quiz. But think about your wedding or think about your ideal wedding. Whatever. Describe it for us. Are you never getting married? Hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> it's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. <laughs> Ours is pretty small, so I'll say it's us and our families. Okay. Ooh, nice. Cool. Okay. Cool. Gwen, congratulations. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage, a private plane, you're going to gamble it all away, your child at home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? Ooh, a new life. Okay. 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 New life sells, man. People like a new life. Last question. This, this, might, this might determine it. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water whatever's cheapest, or whatever you're having. Well, in the spirit of Fast and Furious, I'm going to go with Corona this time. Joe, do you have any guesses? I don't know. I Maybe Brian? So this is now the third time we've had this. Ooh. Second in a row. Gwyn, like <gasps> me, you are a Mia. And I think before, oh. when we were playing the either-or game, and you were sort of like, I felt like Mia was the character that you had the most to say about. Like, you want to make sure everybody's fed, like this, this, this. Yep. Like I was it like, makes oh, sense. She, she, she might actually be a Mia. So here's your description. Family means everything to you, but people often mistake you for being meek or non-confrontational. You tend to take on a supporting role and let others handle the more exciting tasks. It's more important to you to know that someone is watching over everyone else than to seek glory for yourself. Even so, you're not afraid to jump in the fray when your family's on the line. And you drive, drive like, like the, the wind, wind blows. blows. Oh my 
gets me every time. Congratulations. Welcome to the family, Mia. Thanks. Yeah, you're officially part of the family now. So now we have one more quick game. It's a very dumb game that we want to play. It's called This Ain't No (laughs) 10-Second Race, a.k.a. Boy, Do We Have a Podcast for You. (laughs) So, Gwyn, in our quest to become the most popular and the most listened to podcast of all time, we take to Twitter every episode and we find someone, any tweet you want to find, that the person who sends that might want to listen to this podcast. So what we're going to do is look on Twitter, find any tweet that you think is either related to these movies, or it doesn't have to be, whatever. Send the tweet to us either via email or in the Discord chat, and we're going to tweet at them from our account and just say, boy, we have a podcast for you, and link them to the show page. Just so you know, we're terrible at this game. Like, it is very difficult. <laughs> Nobody replies so there's, to us ever. There's, there's so no wrong go, answers. Yeah. Just find any tweet that you think might be someone that, you know, wants to listen to the show or just listen to a podcast in general send us the tweet and we'll respond to it while you look i think i got i'm mine. going to review last time so last time joe okay i found yeehaw hunty at dainty dropkicks oh also saw hobbs and shaw today and now i gotta watch all the transporter and crank movies again boy do we, we have, a have a podcast for you nothing perfect mm. zero points amen you found towel poncho at holoscoge Saw Hobbs and Shaw, it's probably in the top three if you're counting it in the franchise of Furiouses. Great cameos, insane over-the-top action, good callbacks and tributes. I thought it was over, and then it goes on for 30 more minutes of action. Solid 9 of 10. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. No points. Kate, our guest Kate Hudson, the delightful Kate Hudson, found Mark Meredith Dice Monkey at Mark Meredith. Roman is the Jar Jar Binks of the Fast and Furious franchise. Boy... (laughs) Do we have a podcast for you? Mark, like the tweet. Kate gets one point. Kate gets a point. She's on the board. She is on the board. We have not got... You and I have not gotten points, I feel like, in six Months. episodes, maybe? Months. Yeah, if if not longer. So, Gwyn, I, we, I cannot stress enough how low the bar is. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally... If you find, if anybody even like looks at this tweet, like whether they're getting filtered out for spam, I don't know what is happening. But we have the worst luck. So, Joe, if you if you found a tweet, yes, why don't I you did. send it to me? It's from a long string. Nakajima Films at Chenakajima. The last tweet in the string is Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Very much a fun movie. Believe there will be a sequel as mysterious bionic man creator survived. His voice toned like Ryan Reynolds' voice, and as he put a brick through bad guy's body, the two guys are the same guy. A hundred of ten. A <laughs> hundred of ten go-sees. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. <laughs> yeah, this was a string of like six tweets that he was talking about Hobbs and Shaw that no one liked or commented on. So I feel like he's the perfect person to listen to us. So. I like his theory that because he was able to put a brick through a guy, he must be the supervillain. I it wouldn't yeah. occur to me. I think there's merit to it. <laughs> I know that's we find great tweets when we play this game. Jar Jar Binks, which Iris is the Jar Jar Binks of Fast and Furious was incredible. Like there's so much in that one little sentence. Okay. <laughs> okay, I found a really good one. Let's do Joe, you might have seen this because I think I think we're searching I think we'll probably search the same thing. So I found Littlest Baby on Twitter. At It's a World Star video? Jesus. If he okay. says Tyrese when Hobbs and Shaw 2 gets announced. It's a nine second video and it's Tyrese in the desert just saying, Please, please <laughs> Boy <laughs> Do we have a podcast for you? <laughs> this is by far, this is far and away the the most popular tweet that we have, that I've responded to in a while. So I don't know if this is going to work or not, but you know, nothing Probably else is not. working. So let's just find out. But boy, do we have a podcast for you. Send tweet. 
Now, Gwen, if you had any luck, if you found a tweet that you think She's somebody in the again, chat, yeah, uh, yeah, I sent, I sent a couple. What's what's your points one? Well, we can send to both, All right. and we can read both. But pick pick which one you want credit for. I don't know who's going to uh, respond to us. This guy Pedro seems pretty excited about Fast and Furious, but uh, he but, looks so serious. Yeah, but his Twitter isn't in. He's in Spanish, so I can't tell if he's a bot. Doesn't doesn't matter. Bots are fine too, as long as you get likes and retweets. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I think I'm gonna go with that guy. Okay. Pedro has a Fast and the Furious T-shirt, so he's looking. He's taking camera shots in his bathroom, and he has like a really fly Fast and the Furious T-shirt that I actually really want. It's a really cool T-shirt. I need now. Now you, Gwen, got me on here trying to search for t-shirts to buy as we heard in the opening to the show that we definitely recorded already uh we got a couple more emails about t-shirts too so there's gonna be even more for you to look at gwen can you do the listeners a favor can you read the tweet from Jarrett says or Jarrett weiselman at Jarrett says would you mind reading that please after mission impossible fallout and hobbs and shaw i am absolutely obsessed with vanessa kirby she's so charismatic engaging and straight up watchable on screen I absolutely do not want this movie, but I would be very much in favor of her starring in a Catwoman film. Ooh. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see it. Same. I can definitely Boy, see it. do we have a podcast, podcast for, for you. you. All right, so this is, so we're going to go with Jared as your as your main one, but this is a, this could be, I mean, I am all about a world in which Vanessa Kirby is Catwoman. Yes, Same. please. She has I like the, she has the young Nicole Kidman look, right? Like, yeah. Her, yeah. Was it Alicia Silverstone? Which one? Michelle, both? well, there's Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. And then Halle Berry. And then Halle Berry. And Anne Hathaway in the Dark Knight movies. She was actually a really good Catwoman. I wouldn't have thought it, but yeah, she was great. I've talked about Anne Hathaway on other podcasts. Like Anne Hathaway has a bad reputation for like for for being too positive about things. Like I don't like. I still don't understand why people don't like her. I adore her. I think she's amazing. I think she's a great Catwoman. I'm all for Anne Hathaway being in whatever she wants to be in, especially early weird Shannon Tatum movies called Havoc. Gwen, thank you so much for joining us here tonight on Too Fast, Too yes, Forever. Thank you, seriously. Thanks for having me. I feel like I learned a lot about myself. You did? I think, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, Mia. I mean, you might have, yeah, you might have just fully realized that you are the Mia that you always thought you might be. Maybe. If people want to find your writing or find out about you, where should people go to either, you know, social media or blogs or whatever? I am Gwen Sanity on Twitter. And Great name. thank you. My website is my name. It is Gwen Watkins, G W Y N N E. Just GwenWatkins.com. Very, very cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So next week, Joe, you and I have a pit stop, a bonus episode. We are going oh. to go into the now canonical Italian job and find out how handsome Rob becomes Deckard Shaw. True. So we will see that there and also how Charlize Theron's character becomes Cypher. Maybe. We're going to force it even if it doesn't happen. And then after that... Back to Hobbs and Shaw. So No, we're going to do... When are we doing You Are My Lifespan? In like four or five episodes. Not God for a while. It. But for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, including the two chapters of You Are My Lifespan already and the infinite more to come, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash too fast to forever or at too fast to forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us family at cageclub.me. Come back next week for a bonus episode of Pit Stop of the Italian Job, and then in two weeks for Hobbs and Shaw with the Mikester from the Ride Along Lab. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Gwyn Watkins, and we will see you next time right here on Too Fast to Forever. <laughs> <laughs>